0: evening or good day or good morning um hello to everyone listening welcome chris welcome to the andy and chris show or the chris and andy show (laughs) however you thanks
1: andy (laughs) hello everybody
0: so for those that don't know chris does scottish paranormal podcast um which is obviously a podcast so interviews people same way i do and if you've not met him before then you need to sort your life out Basically. <laughs> um, Sorry, well, we had a few things that we needed to sort out beforehand, but it'll it'll work itself out, won't it?
1: Yeah, yeah. Fingers crossed. I'm there, just waiting, doing it at the last minute. Yeah, <laughs> John yeah. fashion. Yeah, <laughs> it makes a change from mine doing it.
0: It's on every single week, pretty much. So. Thank you everyone for joining us. Please do put your questions in. For those that haven't um already read it, I suggest you do. So it's a Mothman Prophecies by John A. Keel. Um I spent the last two days listening to it on Audible, nine and a half hours. So yeah. if you don't know anything about it now, there's, there's definitely something wrong with me.
1: It's it's a meaty book. Yeah. Plenty in it.
0: Oh, oh, there's loads in it. There's a lot, oh, just quickly, there's a lot of references um, to the UK as well. Yeah. What, what I didn't realise, because it, was, it wasn't was that long ago that I read it, but there's a lot in there that I completely forgot about.
1: Mm-hmm. Did you find the same? Yeah, I, I read it. Uh, I'm going to go back. I, kinda, I read it probably about um, four years ago, which is yeah. quite late and probably reading the Mothman prophecies. Now. I mean, I'm roughly around about that time. Um, I watched the film back in the days that everybody else did, and yeah. um, I never read the book. I never used to read a lot of cute stuff until kind of more recently. I'd say probably maybe even about five, six years ago started reading some of the cute stuff. But when I read yeah. them off, man, I left that book out because I'd seen the film and I kind of thought, seen the film, bought the t-shirt kind of thing. Yeah. But like, how much was that wrong? I wrong? Not mean when I actually <laughs> read the book. I mean films like um, about a tiny snippet. A sections oh, yeah. in the book, as you'll get to kind of find out if you've not read the book, get the book. Um, really, really good. I mean, if you understand the whole Kenny kind of Keel thing as well, I mean, that's why I've got the flannel shirt on the night as well. Put the, the, the Kenny kind of Tartan kind of flannel shirt on the flannel man because that's kind of oh, where yeah. a lot of kind of things were that started with Keel as well, where um, people were seen in people's rooms at night wearing the flannel shirt, standing over people's uh, beds and things like that. Yeah, it started when I got a kind of Era,
0: yeah, it's a check shirt, wasn't it like the lumberjack shirt, yeah,
1: yeah, yeah, yeah. So that, thus, that's where I'm donning it tonight.
0: <laughs> oh, I even, I've not got one, so I couldn't have done it anyway.
1: I bought this one especially, I i seen it in TK Maxx or something, so I was like, I'll have
0: that. Yeah. <laughs> I can put a plain blue one on, will that out? <laughs> no, it needs to be red,
2: <laughs>
0: yeah. Um, but we were just saying just before we come on, there's so. Knowing what I now know from like interviewing people like yourself and um Steve Mira, um Albert Rosales, George Mitrovic, um Heidi Hollis, and everyone else, going back to reading the book or listening to the book, as the case may be, it Changes or it has done with me, it's completely changed my outlook of what everything is because he does refer to like a lot of these lights that are seen and a lot of UFOs. Because he's not really that much about Point Pleasant, keeps jumping back to like West Virginia, yeah, but then he's like over in uh Ohio and um, New York, the UK, yep. Florida, California, and just with what he was saying about the lights and the UFOs and everything else. And once all this started, once someone got some sort of communication with the UFOs or these odd looking men in black type, four or five foot tall creatures, but the men in black, he kept saying, he referred to them, a lot of the witnesses did. There was always around five foot nine, never really any taller than that. So it's just like mm. average height. Once they got that connection, some people started with a, like, poltergeist activity. So yeah. they'd wake up, and they'd hear the kitchen door open or hands and pots clattering downstairs.
1: Well, Keel was, I mean, going through the book, and apart from even the book as well, you could pick up any John Keel's book today. Yeah. And it's no like reading old reports and stuff like that. It's, everything that happened then is still happening now. And everything that happened then, even with the government and stuff, is still going through the same processes, right? But the, the way Keel took it back then as well is obviously the mixture of the melting pot of phenomena together. And he, yeah. he kind of denounced the fact back in 1967 that it was not the ETs. He he basically um, said because of his investigations, probably in that year between 66 and 67, yeah. Um, that he chucked the ET hypothesis out the, out the window because of the fact that that it was mixed with men in black, it was mixed with apparitions, it was mixed with cryptids, it was mixed with UFOs, yeah. it was mixed with um, polar activity, like you said, and it's apparitions and strange yeah. people and everything mixed together. And it was almost like some type of, and what what he Kenny did say is, it'll sometimes formulate, formulate into what you believe. And, yeah. um, the same as well like um would you call it um a few other ufo ufologists at the time had the same kind of um yeah ideas it was
0: like like, it wasn't a set group but everyone that was doing it everyone had heard of everyone and it was all able to contact each other Mm. but what i found was or one of the strangest bits of it, what obviously because it was back in the sixties and like early seventies, when people when they were sending stuff to each other, obviously there's having to do it through the post. Yeah, stuff that was being sent like documents and that. By the time, so say they were sending it, say from, there's one, it's going from West Virginia to Florida. Um, and I think they got it next day or something or a couple of days later. And they open the letter, and it's like all these documents had changed. I've been ripped up, hmm. but when they sent it back, it was in the original envelope, and it's just weird stuff like that. So someone's been able to get into the package or the envelope, change it, reseal it, and then send it back.
1: Yeah, there's loads of stuff like that. I mean, so the, yeah. the kind of story starts in '66. It went to '66. And um, so John Keel's, uh, if, you, if you don't know who John Keel is, I mean, I'll, I'll take it quite a lot he in the chat probably know who John Keel is. Um, or you all know who John Keel is, you know I mean, but if you don't, um, reporter, writer, author, um, started, he was into kind of Fortiana. So he started investigating UFOs and stuff like that. Yeah, Really good at collecting data. He had hundreds of data. when he, when he asks some of the interviewee, basically the witnesses, the questions and stuff like that. It's the type yeah. of stuff that they'd be asking the day. And like the strange kind of question they'd be asking them, not what I mean? Uh, things like if they had a UFO sighting, it's things that you maybe ask, that maybe no back in the day, they'd maybe seen them as abductees. But it's things that maybe an investigator these days would ask somebody who'd seen a sighting that would maybe expect them to be, if there was maybe a question, to be be abduct- abductees. So for example, things like if they had um, seen a sighting, did they have follow-up with things like, Strange phone calls. Did they have strange visitors yeah. at the door? Did they have poltergeist activity? Um, did they have things like that? And I mean, he would ask all these questions, not just like Bob yeah. standard taking. This is back in the sixties. So you think yeah. a, an investigator of that type would be asking these type of questions? But because he'd seen that much and investigated that much, he, he could see you could see um, comparisons between different sightings and yeah. what they ask. So he'd ask all these questions. So it kind of started with. Um, um, the actually the book starts with him, and they're a bit. Of, if you've seen the film of the the film of the Mothman prophecies, it relates to um, Richard Gere. Obviously, he's coming back for New York or something like that. And he, yeah, and he's must be like sleep driving, or he's just like he's in a trance and drives to like Point Pleasant, and he chaps like the person's door and stuff. So that that kind of happened to a certain degree, and it starts off where um, the devil arrives in town, right? And John yeah. Keogh it was John Keel chapping somebody's door, but he was actually at a conference. He was at a kind of either a a kind of UFO event conference or something like that. Um and on his way back, he's his car, I think his car broke down or something. Like yeah, that. it down. So there was you what happened is there was UFO sightings and there was he was investigating them. Then there was something became the conference and meeting about it. And all the power, or no, there wasn't any power, the actual phone lines had all went dead in a certain area. Yeah. So I think his car broke down. So he had to kind of travel. He was walking house to house at night, chapping doors, trying to, um, trying
2: trying to, to, to get on
1: phone. Like, to somebody. Yeah. And then, um, and then he, a strange guy in a suit turning up in the back, uh, in the back hills or whatever some place. Remember, like this place, um, Point Pleasant at the time, only had six thousand people that stayed there. Yeah. So like in that place, you might be talking out in, in the the back country, chapping somebody's door with a suit on in that kind of time beard whatever so and then the, some of the one of the persons that he kind of chapped the door like I think the day or two later um they died on the silver bridge accident which we'll get to at the end of the book yeah um and so they kind of relayed the story uh, this was a devil that turned up at somebody's door i mean so it just shows you how kind of folklore can kind of enter and start and it was actually him but he just said it was just by chance that all the power lines were down or whatever or the, the phone yeah. network was out so a chap, this person's door, and then like a few days or a week later, they were dead. And then um, yeah. you'll see, he said you'll see that story through folklore. Just kind of a wee bit to start to see how things can generate like that. Yeah, I mean, but he yeah. he
0: explains that though, doesn't he? He's saying like when he's knocking on the doors asking to use a phone, and one of the houses he's going to, the woman comes to the door. She gets a bit scared and nervous as so she goes off and get her, gets her husband. Yeah, and he just opens the over and he said, No, sorry, not that one, and shuts the door on him. <laughs> <laughs> literally, like, quite literally, and <laughs> <It's off. laughs> yeah, pretty much. So, like you said, and then everything starts happening. So, it does look dodgy, but he said that's how these fault a lot of these folklore, start with just little mm-hmm. things like that. Everyone puts all the pieces together, but comes up with the wrong, wrong answer.
1: Uh, yeah, totally. I was kind of... we have gone through the book and um, I was kind of astounded and stupidly for actually taking like, the film and thinking, oh, the film's probably a good representation of the book and it was it was nothing like it. Oh, you know okay. what I mean? For the amount of actually, activity and flat that happened over that space of time within that area was like... It was crazy. Yeah. And yeah. Um, cool. to understand... Okay, we'll go through some of the stuff, Not mean what I mean? But it kind of, the book kind of starts... And then it obviously it starts at Kenny kind of the at the end a wee bit when he's there. Yeah. And then um it then it, it goes on to a bit about Mary Hire. So Mary Hire worked for the local Kenny kind of newspaper type thing. Yeah. And um she'd all been putting kind of messages out in the wire or, or stories or whatever else. And um it was after it was it was actually Kenny kind of started two weeks after the bridge incident. The yeah. bridge had collapsed and stuff for a week, a week and a bit after. And people were still in, quite a lot of people were coming in and out through the the newspaper um, for information or stories or whatever else. And um, she started getting some strange visitors. So one was was a guy called Jack Brown was asking questions, um, saying he was a ufologist, asking questions about UFOs in the area. So he was kind of coming in and asking um, about more sightings that was going on. And then um, quite a strange character. We'll get down in a wee bit as well, but there was other two guys came in um, who were tan complexion. Tan complexion. obviously All of tan complexion who'd asked uh, um, about the UFOs as well um, on the same day or the day after. And they'd said, what would you say if somebody asked you not to talk about the UFOs or write about the UFOs? Yeah. Her reply was, I tell them to get to hell. And the guy, Jack Brown, asked the same. Um, yeah. So that's kind of where it, kinda, it, it started and stuff like that. But then it kind went on to, um, I'm talking about like things in the past. So, like, even we talk about this thing in this day and age, like, UFOs are, are seen around things like burial mounds, are seen around like in America, maybe like Indian burial mounds here. We've got kind of burial mounds here. They're still seen in things like that. I mean, place for arm, there's like stuff seen up there now and again throughout the years stuff in, yeah, as I'm saying, yeah. you're, you're talking down North East Yorkshire, Beryl Mounds down there, you get sightings as things, all over the country you get that, you know what I mean, so he, he's kind of relating to things like that and he's talking about like tulpas and stuff like that, so are these things created by generations, are they actually creating this kind of phenomena, I mean, through any thought forms and all that kind of stuff we're just kind of hypothetically thinking at the start and stuff like that, you know what I mean but yeah. even then he's talking about um, about ufologists back in the day and They're talking about nuts and bolts items, and they're yes. talking about lights in the skies, but they'll but they'll choose to cut out the bits of the story, it doesn't fit their kind of circle or square. So, like, but maybe no talk about the contact side of things. Like now, nowadays, it's probably called the abductee type of thing, yeah. I mean, but they would they would shut that bit off because they just thought it was um, it didn't fit with the ET hypothesis, or did they fit with this or that? So yeah. they would choose to oh. cut bits, and that did happen for a while, ufology. Up here, I think in the last wee well was kind of came together a bit better, but you'd get ufologists who would constantly just talk about nuts and bolts and would yeah. ignore absolutely everything else, they would ignore every other single bit of paranormal activity apart from a nuts and bolts scene craft, which you just yeah. find ludicrous. You know I mean, considering for years and years, this is all linked in together,
0: yeah. But do you not think though, in the movie? It, it concentrates more on Point Pleasant and West Virginia and it doesn't span out from there. I think that's why a lot of the book isn't in the movie because it was just concentrated on Mothman. So,
1: I'll, I'll be honest with you. I, I think look, there is quite a lot in Point Pleasant and West Virginia, right? And I, I think, see if they made a film in the actual book, it would be a hell of a lot better.
0: Oh, yeah, definitely. <laughs> it would be, it'd be a you, hundred times better. Yeah, because... I think one of the major parts of the book is all the all the bits about the contactees, because he doesn't call them abductees, does he? He calls them contactees.
1: Yeah, because back then, I don't think they had that um, mindset of them being abductees and stuff like that. No. And it, To me, it seemed like, see in my head, when you're looking back in the 60s and the type people that, contactees or abductees that are, are talking to they're, um, they're like a different type of ET if you call them ETs right or a t- different yeah. type, of, um, type of entity right yeah. than it is now so it's almost like there's like a new set of custodians came in and overtook yeah. the program to somebody else because these people as before maybe back in the past you had different style of craft you had like the classic saucer type craft and all that type of stuff Lot of orbs and all that, and then yeah. it can kind of move it moved for things like your yeah, classic human looking um entities or ETs or whatever else to like yeah. greys and mantis beans and, and things like that. You know what I mean? So it's almost like it's like any kind of, they've been in and left and somebody else has been in now and, and doing a part of that job if it if it is all happening.
0: Yeah, you know? yeah, yeah, yeah. But we've so even though all that's changed. Do you know he mentioned? Did he mention it a lot? But it kind of stood out to me. Was I'll get it wrong, but you'll know what I mean. So you feel free to correct me about the <laughs> the, the um, intergalactic space commissions. Basically, people that are controlling what's going on between in, in this, galaxy
1: in, in present time.
0: No, in the book, so back in the sixties. Yeah, yeah. He was saying about uh, I can't remember the actual name, intergalactic um, federation. Yeah. And these different ones that are wanting to do good, and you've got some that are a bit, I suppose like pirates, space pirates that will come yeah. down, yeah. rob you, and do bad stuff, and then go off again. And they're the good ones that are trying to stop that from happening by making all these rules and regulations. Uh, but even though they talk about that now, when I was listening to the one about Stardust Ranch in uh, Rainbow Valley near Arizona with um, Robert Edmund, yep. that was back in, like, the 90s, early 2000, he said pretty much the same thing. You've got these different species of aliens or ETs or entities, whatever you want to call them, and they're, like, part of this galactical... Um, space force uh, protecting, I suppose it's like the UN. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and it's say like, that this is going back 50, 60 years ago. See, or 40, 50 years ago, sorry. See the best yeah. thing happening. Yeah. So I just meant it's the same thing happening then mm-hmm. is what it is now. It's literally the same wording.
1: Now, interesting, you were saying that because I was. I was thinking of something I'd read recently with the it was a Dolores Cannon book. I think this yeah. one was was maybe the custodians. If it, if it was the the custodians, it was um, the one after that convoluted um, universe or something, right? But one of the books that they give a so to, if you don't know what the QHHT is in Dolores Cannon, so it's like a hypnotic regression that, that goes, it takes people back past the normal kind of state of, um, regression, back past like a past life. And then yeah. sometimes these people were finding out they were they were for here, they were for elsewhere. And then it was almost like sometimes they could tap into this and entities elsewhere who were part of yeah. this Galactic Federation, right? And the the be- I mean it's one of the best descriptions I've I've seen. A, um, what's a, what's kind of going on? And I'll probably not a good rendition here, but it was explaining about that there's that what you said there that there's different there's different entities. Who are part of this Galactic Federation and they've all got different programs that they're running. And yeah. some of them are some of them are um for good for us. Yeah. Some of them so they're all, like, some of them are experimental, some of them are for good for us, as in like um overwatching, some of them are a bit of both between for helping us and helping themselves. Some are just yeah. so maybe just try to help themselves, some are just like um it's maybe. Uh, interest and, and stuff like that and then there's other ones who um basically ignore all of them and who have been skipping in and out doing some maybe more kind of um stuff and things like that you know what i mean so that's that was there's a better description of in the book when you're yeah, yeah. in the book but that, that kind of brings you to that and you can understand when people are talking about different things that's happened to them so you may get abductees for example and maybe maybe talk about you there? I just jumped off Yeah, there. yeah, sorry, I hear maybe talk yeah. about certain types of abductions and then you maybe get other people who have different experiences and stuff. Yeah. Or they're maybe getting tested on a different way or there's, there's things like all that it goes on. So you can maybe understand if there's a different programmes running at the same time. Then yeah. you've got that. And it, and it brings me to um, a thing where, and I'll bring this up later on in the book, but Chris Bledsoe, for example, he described, yeah, yeah. He described like a certain sign that one of these things had I'd, I'd, I'd shown him almost like a symbol and the symbols were meant supposed to have meant in the book and the QHST yeah. books was like um the symbols were like what the program was and that was like the symbolism yeah. for what the program was so the symbolism so would you call it chris Bledsoe and his kenny abduction scenario had seen a certain symbol and relayed it and that's when he started getting a lot of more people talking to him like people from nasa and stuff like that um, and yeah. well yeah, so I, with you saying about symbol, um it was
0: in part of the book, He was saying that one of the women, I think it was one of the women, had an interaction with some big proper hench guy who got out one of these black cars and he'd yeah. gone round to interview him. He had a big black cape on. Like, um it, they said it's like a Russian bear hat, but had a peak at the front. I know yeah. which one. Him. It's like a top hat, but with a peak. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And he was asking questions, but it wasn't, you know, I'm all straight. He was asking, what do you do? What do you do for a job? Um, and just nothing to do with these UFO sightings that they've been having. Hmm. And then he, see, he seen that he had a badge on with the letter K on it, like gold, looked like a bit like a sheriff's, ba- sheriff's badge, can't speak. And um, as soon as they contactees noticed it, he was doing his best to like hide it and cover it up, yeah. but that apparently that letter K keeps popping up in different um witness statements.
1: It was a, it was a K with a small X or some like that, which meant one of the Greek letters or something. I yeah, because they use a lot of the Greek names, don't they, to name themselves like the so, Greek gods. So, what that guy did, he he turned up at um in, in the book. One of the contactees or somebody had maybe seen uh some type of nuts and bolts craft or a landing or whatever, right? And we'll go through yeah. some of the stories in the book as well. We're gonna get yeah, yeah. about that but I don't want to just generalising. He had um turned up saying he was from Lost Ears Society or something like that. And he was he was trying to find out the who was due the, the area, somebody had died. So he was able to ask all these questions. He was asking all these different questions. Uh yeah, he was. Um, he was well, asking questions about like inheriting,
0: like, in, inheriting some money. And, wasn't it? It.
1: I heard, and so like, He's trying to find this
0: person's name.
1: Yeah, so, yeah, so yeah. you can see, like, so it might you might be the, the inheritance of this, So we need to kind of find out if you're the, if you're the right. Coming to the guy's name, but. So gets his name and he's saying right, how many children? Where have you worked? So he's getting all this information of him.
2: Yeah, a bit Lo- of the background loads of information. Story. But the
1: strange things they've seen about the guy is they say they had like they noticed they had a wire, a wire coming for his oh, yeah, from wire, going, going his shoes, green wire on it, going up his leg. And he that, and he also had right quite many sharp features as well, like really, really, really sharp, pointy features and stuff like that. Yeah, and long fingers. Quite a lot of them always had like long, spindly fingers. Yeah, um, well that keeps
0: popping up though, doesn't it? The long pot, the pointy face. um yeah. Like he he describes it as thyroid type eyes. Yeah. So when their eyes are popping out, they're red. Yeah. And um, and then he says about the connection between that and like spirits and all these other things that you see. They all have this same, the pointedness on the face, on the features. like you said the long, spindly fingers. Yeah. But going back to that wire, because he said when he sat down, his trousers were too short for him, and they rose right <laughs> up just below the knee, and uh, he said he had like a green wire, and it's coming down, and it's it went into like, there's like a black circle on his leg hmm. that went, and the wire stopped behind it, but another thing that they kept saying was that these men in black type things, whatever you want to call them, are even these with people and entities and all that, he was all wearing thick, thick soled shoes,
1: yeah, rubber shoes, big, thick yeah. rubber shoes, yeah.
0: So, I was thinking, I was thinking about that today. Um, I thought it's either one of two things one to do with the electromagnetic, electromagneticism, yeah, yeah, to stop him, obviously, yeah, yeah, I was thinking
1: of him, yeah, yeah.
0: or. Are they weighted? Because wherever they're from, the gravity could be a different... I oh, don't know what the word is. Could be a, a different force. I don't mean what you mean do not something to do
1: with from what the... Like boots. Yeah, I understand yeah. that. Right?
0: Yeah, so yeah. could it be... there was weighted because maybe their gravi- the gravity on Earth is a lot lighter than what is there, so they're having to use that. Because the see, thing, that, Sorry, I just going to...
1: Open small steps it that and they had the big shoes was,
0: on. They were looking at the feet while a lot of them were looking at the feet while they were walking like concentrating.
1: Mm-hmm. Absolutely mad though. But I mean, you can see there's some bits that goes on. So we'll kind of go through some of the stories. Obviously, the Mothman starts yeah. off. So it's a uh, gone through obviously the film, the book, you know I mean, the book. um So can you talk about the Mothman? He's kind of obviously just talking about the data, talking about like other UFOlogists and stuff about ignoring some of the data um also talking about the u.s government about the u.s government in regards to this is a generalization about how they um try and look at the ufo problem with just like they say they don't look at it the right approach they get like astronomers to look for ufos rather than actually maybe somebody who's been investigating it or looking at ufos or paranormal aspects of things and you know that I means so they've not got the right tools to actually look at the job he was trying to say for like the government um so Obviously as well, so we had some of the kind of strange characters coming at the end, but at the start of the story, at the start of the story, when some of the Mothman sightings kicked off, right? So yeah. uh, the um, first one was, um, one of the first ones was Connie Carpenter. It was uh, a young lady who's seen a seven foot, roughly seven foot, grey, bulky man standing. Um, and it then, it basically had, but it, it wasn't a man. It had like, Red bulging kind of eyes, um, and it had wings, wings in its back, yeah. And its wings came out. And, it, um, the thing they couldn't people didn't describe, they never described a face for some reason. Nobody would really ever describe, but it no one face,
0: ever seen face. the face. though did they so
1: They said it was kind of hunched and it had like a pair of wings? But what they did say is it wasn't feathery, it wasn't like a feathery creature. And it's it basically would open its wings and it would fly without flapping its wings.
2: Yeah, it so just this thing straight, it just shoot
1: straight up with its wings, say about a ten foot wingspan, and shoot yeah. straight up. But this thing shot straight up, and then swooped in her car a few times and tried to can he, go for her. And yeah. then when she um, relayed the story to Keel, because Keel obviously got wind some of the stories that were coming in, and he was he went there and he started interviewing people and, and whatever. Because um, there were also some UFO reports we we're getting as well. But when he um, interviewed her, she had. Um, basically Clegg conjunctivitis so it was basically a yeah a type of conjunctivitis which is like a burn in the eyes and you had that for two weeks and he knew that he and this is like kind of an idea of how keel was like back in the day he was involved in ufos and stuff he knew that was a byproduct of maybe like a um you're looking at ufos or being involved in yeah. some type of sighting or whatever else because he's seen it before and he knew to record that and that's yeah. the can yeah, kind of, this is back in the 60s you know what I mean? So, now, you're talking now with like folk like Gary Nolan and and people are talking about like the health effects of UFOs. He's talking about it back in like '66, you know what I mean? So, so you noticed that that was kind of one of the kind of main sightings with this this kind of gray bulky thing, but it went on to as well after that where it reminds me of the film Jeepers Creepers, yeah. so where there was a, a few kind of couples up at the TNT factory. But so this place was an old of TNT munitions place, which had been, uh, if you can imagine, like, kind of bulging, kind of, kind of igloo igloo, kind of concrete silo-type places, underground, bits of facility, not too deep, but then it had, like, loads of munitions and that stored in it and stuff yeah. for the, what, the Second World War, and um, a place where people would kind of go up and some wildlife would run about it and stuff like that, but, like, couples would go up there and try and maybe um, get it on and stuff, and I think there was a few couples up there in cars. And yeah. this thing started, um, they'd seen it, this thing, they'd seen it actually in one of the buildings to start off with and it shuffled into yes. one of the buildings. And they'd seen how big it was. This is like 78 feet. And they seen it had wings. They could see it had wings in its back. And then they, they shot away in the cars and they seen it again standing. They said it was either the same one or a different one standing on the side yeah. of the road. And then it started flying towards their car and swooping at their car and all that kind of stuff and they were like totally petrified in this thing and um it ended up where they got to the set limits and it stopped following them and they they some of them actually had the same um thing with the cleg conjunctivitis in their eyes as well and there was another thing as well where this thing was falling. So it, it reminded me of like a a bit out of that film, Jeepers Creepers, with the thing chasing the car. Yeah, yeah. That's kind well, of yeah. like if you can visualise that, that's what happened to them. They went straight yeah. to the sheriff. They went to the sheriff and they told the sheriff and stuff, and um, and he believed them enough because they were lucid. They were they were they were basically they could see they were really really frightened and scared, and they they went back up, and yeah. they searched the place and they were looking at the place and they could remember like these the sheriff's radio started going crazy and making like. Um, kind of like a garbled kind of message on on the on the radio. Um, yeah, it's
0: static and all that. A lot of static coming through and
1: yeah, like, mixed up mixed up words and. But but in you know, in the stuff. book in the book no sorry no, but in the film you maybe look, there are a few sightings of this thing mixed in we have a like another few UFO sightings but 100, over a hundred people seen this thing right yeah. over the space of a year over a hundred and like the descriptions of it were it was this 78-foot-tall grey creature with a 10-foot wingspan. And it wasn't a bird. You know what I mean? They'd either see it in the sky, and they see legs on it, or they would see it standing down and then maybe taking off. Um, So there's a lot of different sightings here. One of the kind of close-up sightings, there was a a lady where it seemed to kind of rise up at the back of her car. Yes. And she got that much, she was at a house, she got that much as she had a baby in her hand, she dropped the baby. Yeah, um,
2: I can't believe that. I
1: know. <laughs> um, her husband or boyfriend or someone like actually yeah, grabbed her he the baby, in, the baby and, and, and ran into the house, right? they ran into the house away from this thing. And it came up to the window, and it was like staring in the window. And um, yeah. I mean, so that's the type of stories that was happening. I mean, a lot of the stories, um, the amount of stuff that happened in this one area, it, it was totally mad. I remember mean, the sightings. Yeah. But the were
0: you saying about the conjunctive A lot of that was from when they were staring at the red eyes. Yeah. But then when the UFO waves and all that was coming through, or uh, there was up there'd be a flash of light, and then they'd see a being and I'd be a flash of light, and then they'd see um an object uh, some sort of object, whether it was a UFO or a vehicle or whatever it was. Yeah, and then even the next day or the day after, they'd have really bad conjunctivitis. I remember there's, there's one woman, she when she woke up, this is towards the end of the book, um, it was that bad she couldn't even open one of her eyes. Aye, yeah, that's right, yeah. And then, them two guys who had the encounter, um, they'd look like they've been sunbathing for about 10 hours solid,
1: <laughs> yeah, that's right,
0: completely yeah. covered.
1: It, like, it, it reminded me, it reminded me that because one of them, I think. There was, a, there was a story in where there was a UFO above somebody's car and they looked out the car and they were sunburned on one side of their face or on their face or something. Uh-huh. It reminded me of Richard Dreyfus and, and um, Close to the Encounters of the Third King where he pops his head out of the car and this thing flies over the top of him. He's got like half sunburned face.
0: Yeah,
1: um, But you see, to so all these, the accounts of the actual um, creature were seen throughout the area for like, as I'm saying, over a 100 People seen this thing, and it wasn't there. Wasn't a mass sight in yet, so it was like you're talking maybe twos, threes, and fours, but people were actually seeing this thing. Yeah, if not slightly more than that, right, or ones. I mean, so it wasn't like twenty people here seen it. Twenty, it was like so. It was all kind of like smaller encounters, right? So it was quite a lot of people who seen individual accounts here. Um, and yeah. The one that had chased the car with the couples, they said that um there was a dead, a large dead dog lying at the side of the road. And yes. they came back with the police, the, the, the dead dog was away.
2: About so 10 minutes later. I think, this thing, coming, I think right. this
1: thing had took the dog. So in amongst all that, there was loads and loads of UFO reports. Like there was like, a, a woman had seen a stationary um cylindrical UFO in the sky. And you yeah. could see a man, Standing outside it, but it was like standing out he in the was, air. Yeah, he was levitating, wasn't levitating it? Levitating out in the air, and then went back into his craft, and the craft whisked off. And that was like some of the accounts you were getting things like that. You were getting lights in the sky. You were getting all types of craft landings yeah. and stuff like that.
0: Yeah, I was just going to say a couple of the crafts that were witnessed. They've said that they could what look like like diamond shaped windows, different colors. Yeah, or they'd yeah. have like um one a red light solid in the middle then one below it rotating anti-clockwise and a solid one at the bottom then as soon as um i think there's a plane or something was flying over as soon as this plane came into sight all oh, the lights went out on this and as soon as it's clear again the lights mm. came back on it
1: yeah so, so there was loads of things like that where it was like interfering with technology so you would yeah. have um, as you would get in this day and age as well. So you had, like, UFO sightings, and it was affecting things like the phone lines, the electricity lines, the CB yeah. radios that they had, the cars and stuff like that. And it affected all this type of stuff. But in amongst all that, you also had... So you had the sightings of the creature, the sightings of the, the UFOs that were right across the uh, community yeah, throughout a space of a year. And then over and above that, you were getting... So the UFO um, investigators were coming to town and stuff, like that, and, and reporters and stuff. But you can imagine there was loads of other people at this TNT factory. There was like maybe there was thousands of people out trying to find this thing as well. So they were out trying to look for this the creature or the UFOs. So there was an influx of people coming to town, but that yep. brought a lot of strange people as well. So we were getting like men in black coming to um, people's houses who had had sightings, and yeah. they were asking them a lot of strange questions, and some of them as well. Where it got a bit more kind of strange was where it was like it was almost like some of the phones were getting tapped and stuff like yeah. that, or they were getting strange phone calls of people. So people who didn't have like a, a like a the like directory number, um, but they're all still kind of phones and stuff like that, right? But they would yeah. have phone calls off people telling them to keep quiet and things like that, or they just have phone calls eh, and people just saying shouting numbers down the phone and strange metallic yeah, voices. Yeah, it's like the same two like numbers like
0: over and over, was not it?
1: Things like that, it was so like you had
0: 12 and 40, and then they'd yeah. say some more jumbled up words. you that in the, the mix. Again. and then
1: you, you had people um, saying they were for the Air Force and stuff like that, investigating people and you know, inve- investigating, like maybe like asking questions and stuff like that. But they could tell they weren't they. And there. And yeah. it was like a, the strange ones was what with the, um, the actual we, we alluded to earlier on about the men in black guy who came saying he was from the. Um, lost Ears society so basically try to somebody's due inheritance he was trying to kind of find the right person so he was asking all these questions but the strange yeah. thing with him is he just was the oddest guy in the world and he was asking all these questions He got all this information he left when he left the house um a car a, a black kind of car drove up he jumped in this car and they drove away with the lights off yeah it just like ne- yeah they never put things. the lights on and the, the actual contact saying oh, you're one of, the, one of the people we're looking for but there was like loads of strange things like that and you had this one guy who was called um, Jack Brown but he was yes. like the strangest guy ever. He, he was like he would ask the strangest of questions and um, almost like he was asking more about John Keel and the UFO investigators than he was asking about um the UFOs or the sightings or the Cryptids yeah. or whatever. He was asking more of the type of um questions. And um and sometimes he would say he would maybe chap a uh like a, a witness witness's door and say, oh he's he's maybe friends with John Keel or he was friends with um another ufologist so he would get yeah. past the threshold and get in. Oh Gray then, Gray
0: can't think of his first name.
1: That it was it was a uh, was it no Jack Brown. No th- Oh, you're talking about the other ufologist. No, yeah, the other ufologist, it yeah. was John Kilnew.
0: Um, something grey? I can't think of his name.
1: I've got it somewhere. Find it.
0: I'll let you find it. <laughs> I'll have a look in the break, if not. But, um, um, yeah, they'd say they were friends with him and they nothing. But just jumping back when you're saying about these people turning up and then just walking off, um, People, a lot of people said that, because obviously a lot of it is out in the sticks, yeah, uh, in, in West Virginia, so they'd have to cut across a field, and they said it had been heavily raining, there was mud everywhere, and they got to the door, and the weirdest thing about it was that they had these shoes on, like shiny shit. and there, there's no mud on them, even yeah. the soles of these um, shoes were like spotless, like this brand new. And yeah. uh, one woman said, like, they walked in the house, and there's no mud, no dirt, nothing. How they didn't get any mud on them was virtually
1: impossible
0: my yeah. guess is he
1: do not walk they just yeah 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 and the, the same as as well awesome. where one of the ones at the end where they had like a, a manny small stature it was about four feet something and he came yeah. in and had a pair of big rubber shoes on as well yeah and um and you see that he was asking questions about the ufos and stuff like that and john keel and he, he was getting closer and closer to kenny mary higher who was the person that worked for the newspaper yeah. and she was feeling a bit uncomfortable and she went through and Kenny was got the other guy who Kenny worked in the, the news agent, the news paper as well. And they yeah. just got the guy looking at a ballpoint pen, like pure staring at it. Oh
0: yeah. As if ever seen one before.
1: It. And you yeah. said you can have it if you want. And he started cackling and then he ran yeah, away. He he ran, mad, out
0: mad. ran out I of mad of laugh. and just ran but, like you have it's something out of a horror movie, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, mean... oh, another th- I just remember, another thing about the shoes was um they did see a couple of prints. There weren't many, and there's one of them. It had, like, the ripple yeah. effect on the sole, and it is the supposed Neil Armstrong footprint on the moon. So where you've got the ripple effect, then you've got, like, an outline around it like a border. Yeah. It's virtually the same as that. So that's what I was saying before about these fix old boots, were they to keep him on the ground because of the um, gravity is different? Or yeah. was it for something else? For me, yeah. I think it would be to keep him grounded.
1: The, the thing is, the interesting thing about some of these people, like, well, Jack Brown was claiming he was a UFO investigator, but he was a strange yeah. guy um, with really kind of weird features, right pointy face, really spindly fingers. He would yeah. ask the strangest of questions. He would talk like right broken up as if he was like reading something right slow or trying to remember something or whatever and yeah. um as soon as they said as soon as all the reports died down he disappeared never he never be seen again never be seen at any other other um ufo encounters anywhere else because uh-huh. if he's an investigator you'd probably come across him some other time if you're oh, an yeah. investigator at another kind of time so he disappeared totally um, was that him? Sorry, was that him that went into the restaurant and didn't know how to use a knife and fork? That, that was a that was a different story because like John Keel was just relaying some stories. Uh,
2: yeah.
1: Um, men in black and stuff for just strange people, and and it was one that was somebody else in America, but this guy turned up in a restaurant and he didn't know how to use a knife and fork and stuff. Yeah, and he, and he, 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 he was he from. He it was. The from, give him was the a from menu from and front. he just went
0: food. <laughs> 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 so he was a steak. He's like good. <laughs> Let me give him, and then yeah, it's it normal. But just jump it from that just quickly. Jumping, I know we, he's going to be jumping about a bit. But with Indrid Cold, he was he was explaining. I can't remember who the name of the person it was. He was saying we're the same as you. We are. Uh, we've got Woodrow we, we Derenberger. Ah, that was it. Yeah, Woodrow. We, right. we eat, sleep, breathe, same as you. But where we're from it's not as advanced as what is here now.
1: Mm-hmm. So go, we'll go back a wee bit with that. So yeah. and amongst all this story as well, so you've got the cryptid sightings of this crazy flying Mothman type thing flying about. You've got all the UFO stories. You've got these weird people in town. This is a place of 6,000 people, remember? That's not a big town. And, right? Yeah, and
0: everyone knew everyone pretty much.
1: And uh, so you've got all these weird people in and out, uh, these be kind of homesteads, farmsteads, Asking questions, people come into their homes. One of the things that I was interested I thought I was nuts, but when they were asking, when some people were asking asking um, one of the family's questions after a sighting, the either some UFOs or whatever, um that Jack Brown, the weird guy, stayed in their house for like five hours or something. Yeah. Oh, she just had a baby, aren't she? Aye. Hanging about was the house. Literally a her, few like, days old.
0: <laughs> and he's like, people were coming around to see the baby. And he didn't show any interest, what's they even acknowledge that this baby had just been born? Yeah. They're just some just, creeps out in the house. Some creeps out of your house for like five <laughs> hours
1: know. and that. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, so the, the, the Dan Berger story was um Indrid Cole and Dan Berger. So the thing with this, so he's driving his car and he he sees this thing at the side of the road, and it's a cylindrical object at the side of the road. And he, he pulls over. I'm trying to correct if I remember the story wrong or no, but he pulls over and he meets. Uh, does he know? In fact, it doesn't meet him first. He actually sees this thing at the side of the road, cylindrical object. Yeah. And then there it, it, a man standing and it, it kind of sh- shoots off or somewhere. The man goes back in and it shoots off. In another time where he's driving along the road and this thing comes up next to his car. And I think it's another car, but it's actually like a, a black kind of UFO type thing. Yeah. And it, and it pulls in front of him. And it's this guy Ingrid Cold, Ingrid Cold, and um, he he basically tells him that he's from the planet Lanyolos or something like that, and,
0: yeah. and and
1: tells him some stuff. So he's kind of like a contactee type thing. It's quite a fantastical story, but at the same time, there's there's other ones out there. I mean, so he he's basically from that story. He, he ends up relating it to John Keel and other people, and then but he's got more contact with him, so it's almost like telepathy. Yes. Right, which links into some of the present day stuff as well, but the telepathy stuff where the guy, the, the thing, would say, I'm, I'm above you, and he'll come out of his house and this ship will be there, and people had seen this type of yeah. thing, right, so you would say like, oh um, he'd, he'd get a feeling in his head that he'd say, right, I'm I'm above your house right now, and he grew go out and he'd see like some type of craft or some type of yeah. mass light or whatever, and he would have all these type of telepathic things, but he got to the point where he, he met this guy it was almost like you had like UFOs landing, dropping off people who were then getting picked up with cars and they were going to do other stuff within America, right? That's kind of what it was like with these contactees back then. It was like they were like aliens that were living here. That's kind of what it was like.
2: Yeah. But
1: then obviously they were like intermixed way going different places. But maybe they were abductees, but just did they know it? And did they know they were um, missing time and all that kind of stuff back then? But the yeah. thing where um, this guy injured cold, other people had met him. His wife had met yeah. him and stuff like the guy's wife and that. And um, she didn't want to keep, take much to But She actually said they, they scare her because they, they, just with the features and stuff like that, I think they had different type of features and they said yeah. he wasn't really that keen on them. But um, the interesting thing I, I found with that story, right, which links into Sahana, I, I said earlier on, was um, so during the story, that Woodrow Derenberger, I'm sure that's his name, he, yeah. he invited to go to NASA he went to NASA and they yes. interviewed him at NASA. So he was he, took, he was. he went with his missus and his kids, didn't he? Quick pictures and all that kind of stuff, got
0: badges and yeah. all that. And so they went like proper tour and then they took him to an inter- interrogation
1: tour, room. Yeah. And then he got an interrogation and asked them all questions about um, everything like that. And and they said that a certain name of the person at NASA, whatever it was, was, and so he had a bit of you know, proof or whatever. But the interesting thing with that story, which I relate to something. The kids, the Chris Bledsoe story, yeah. um, more recent story where um, contactee, abductee, had him related was in contact with something, and, and that's when he relayed that symbol, and he was getting contact like Jim Semivan was talking to him. They've got other people talking to him. You then had like people who used to work for NASA talking to him. He got invited to NASA, yeah, yeah. and he went to NASA, and he got to walk through NASA, and then talk with people at NASA. And here's the NASA that. Have nothing to do with basically UEP or whatever else. They know nothing. I mean, absolutely, fully. Yeah. Bill, if you ask me, like, <laughs> <laughs> well, oh, the guy? I'm talking about NASA. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah, yeah.
0: But then you've got later on, you've got the guy who he lived. He like house shared with a couple more students. Um, he was. I can't remember what he was studying at university. something to do like quantum physics of some sort. And he had, like, missing time. Uh, Oh, no, he met one of these guys. I can't remember which one it was. And he said, like, this this is where the missing time bit come into it because they didn't know anything about it. He got dropped off at midnight from one of the girls that he worked with or something at this restaurant. And then he met up with, I can't remember the name of the ET. Oh, that's going to bug me now. Anyway, is this this in the book? Yeah, this is in the book. So he meets up with him. It's the second meeting. They go through. They go walking through these woods to where this craft is. It's a thirty-minute walk. They go in it. They go. He he goes into one room. These these two aliens go in another room, and he's looking like uh, a screen or something at the bottom of it. And as it's going, he can as it's going on, you can see on the screen that it's moving further and further away from earth. And he goes, I, he doesn't know if it's been 10 minutes or 10 hours or whatever. The next thing he sees is another planet. And then he's going down and landed on this planet. And he's there for a few hours and they do him a tour and that and walk around and show him all this different stuff, explain things to him. Then they take him back. They land. And it's another half an hour from where the craft is to where, they, where they dropped him off outside this building. He mm-hmm. went in. Went in the house. He don't, he don't, it was half past one, so he was saying, "He goes, I'd only been gone an hour and a half. It was mm-hmm. half an hour walk each way to and from this craft. That there's an hour straight away, yeah. And I was definitely gone for more than half an hour, yeah. So they must, they must have some sort of time control. Like well, the, the, the way he said it was, he can stretch time mm-hmm. or compress it." depending on what they need to use it for.
1: It doesn't exist.
0: Man-made, isn't it?
1: That's it. It doesn't exist. Yeah. So other other <laughs> things which I found quite interesting as well where so um, John Keel was also, he was harassing the Air Force and harassing the Pentagon at the time as well, as they're doing present-day stuff, you know what I mean? So he was always at them trying to find out more, and they were always given the party line that they weren't really interested in UFOs or, or whatever else. That was back yeah, then. He yeah. was actually in their offices, um, dealing with them back in the day, yeah, yeah. trying to turn away, try to get some stuff out there. But it seems back in the day, there probably was something clandestine where you had obviously there was probably men in black in that area, which weren't the Air Force, there were probably something else. But then you would have had people who were probably Air Force or whatever else, um, trying to find out. So it seemed like you probably have them back in the day, Air Force trying to find out
2: yeah what on. Didn't they know
1: what was happening so they'd be they would be trying to bug contactees and all that kind of stuff to try and get a grasp on what's happening yeah um i know that but i mean he it was quite funny because he was in and out in and out the uh, the pentagon and stuff like that trying to kind of find out more but he was all about the historical sightings of the the kind of birdman or the the mothman type thing you know what i mean so he said he's yeah. been seen through history there was like sightings there in the 1800s, and 1900s, no in the same place. But there were sightings there throughout America, throughout the world. Um there's like um ancient Egypt, ancient Americas, which used to be I it was called the Garuda. You know I mean, type of bird. So it was like in the, the, yes. the Indians had a the thunderbird and things like that as well. So there was there was loads of kind of concepts of talking about this thing. Yeah. Um, well, they may claim as well,
0: just what you're saying about Egypt they may claim that they um, had something to do with the Sphinx and the pyramids, Mm -hmm. whether it's true or not, but that's what he said, that they claim to have had, whether they built it or they were involved with the building of it.
1: They said they they had quite a a lot of of different sightings of this thing and it went back to, obviously, Egyptian and uh, the pyramids and that as well, the pictures back there as well, but... um, other kind of sightings there, one of the ones they said in, in Vietnam, sighting it in Vietnam where there was guys at like some guard station or whatever else in the, in the or Manning, some fox or whatever, they seen this thing flying towards them. Um, and I think it was in the sunset or something like that. And um it was a winged creature. They said it was like a winged um black winged lady. They could see like the features of it and the, like the breasts it and all that kind of stuff. But yeah. it was big it was like big, like a normal kind of sized person, I mean, but with big wings, a big wingspan. Yeah, and uh, they seen that in the Vietnam War. And um, it reminded me, uh, when I read that bit of the book, it reminded me recently with that story of the the guy in Scotland who had seen a winged creature, which was roughly about two foot wide or about a foot and a half wide, which yeah. he said it, it, it definitely was the bird I could see Oh, the one that was—you can oh, see a body. Yes, you see a body of this thing, and you can see his expression on his face and, and things like that. So, I mean, it's it's just mad how these things have been seen through the years. You know what I mean, with the amount of witness testimony and stuff and yeah and things like that. Some of them used to say the sightings of it within the hundred or even more than that. Um, actually, they would maybe see it and think it was a plane. They start yeah. off with. And they, would, and they would continue to look at it, and they would notice it wasn't a plane. It was actually, like, a thing. That was big. Yeah. It was a big but you
0: noticed a lot of these sightings, it was a big, grey, winged creature. Yeah. But it said it was, like, like that of a neck. It said just went straight into the shoulders. And they, like you said before, the wings would pop out from behind them, and they'd take off without using the wings to fly.
1: Yeah. It, it kind of reminded me, you're sighting a wee bit. Which one? The pterodactyl. You'd seen something like something like that, yeah.
0: And that didn't yeah. flap
1: its wings. Aye. And I,
0: it, like I said, I watched that from, from me seeing it to it flat out of sight. And it just it didn't make. Even now, thinking about it, doesn't make sense. Mm-hmm. It just what sort didn't flap. What,
1: sort of what sort of size was
0: that? I'd say that was about a sixteen-foot wingspan easily.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: And I'd say from head to um, tail, because like. I'd say that's about 20 to 24 foot in length. Mm-hmm. that is just that. Every time I think about it, it just blows my mind. Uh,
1: how high was that?
2: <laughs>
0: oh. So I'm just trying to work out with the trees. I'd say trees at the back are about 50 foot. I'd say about 100, 150 foot at the most. That's mad. Only because if it had been any higher, I probably wouldn't have seen it. That's the only reason I'd know.
1: Because, like
0: I said, I was stood at the back of the house. I was looking up, and I could the back of the so the roof, the back of the house, the roof sloped down to the front. It wasn't your typical pointed both sides.
2: Yeah. So it wasn't
0: like that. It was just it was more. That's the back of the house, and that's the roof going down. So it was about. From where I was stood, measured, it was two foot above the house, but it wasn't because of perspective view and all that. So I'd say it was no more than 150 foot high.
1: It's almost like uh, you get a conversion point between the planes and these things can just pass through and pass back out again or things like that. I mean, that, that's kind of what it's like. So you get these things skipping out to different dimensions or whatever. Yeah, it's, I mean, I've heard the stories as well as that as... Um, like a man like a like a a man a manta kind of thing, no a manta, what's it called again? Uh is that a manta ray? See, like one of the kind of things oh, like yeah, that yeah. And this sky, like typey yes. story with that, which is it's kind of translucent in the sky. Um, yeah, I was
0: I was actually listening to something about that last week. Nuts.
1: I can't That's remember funny. where it
0: was. It was on a podcast or something, and all that. But um if you're saying that, another thing that John Keel was saying. So, like back in the 1400s, there's a lot of witch sightings, like flying witches and that. And yeah. back in medieval times, there's a lot of, um, like, these Thunderbirds.
1: Yeah. Just cut off. Coming back.
0: Don't laugh. Yeah, and just,
1: then just cut off for a minute here.
0: Yeah. MIB. Shh. <laughs> yeah, so there's like a lot of witch sightings around the 1400s, and then back in, I don't know when medieval was, but there's like a lot of like these prehistoric bird sightings and that that shouldn't be there. And then in the um, like early, late 1800s, early 1900s, there's a lot of like, like zeppelins, like
1: the,
0: yeah, is that what they're called, zeppelins?
1: Yeah, yeah, like your and stuff, yeah, yeah. yeah.
0: And they'd have a light on the front,
1: mm-hmm.
0: but back then, and it was a light that was lighter than what we got today. An LED light is brighter yeah. than that, so, so is it, don't know, right, circumstantial of what you were seeing in that particular period?
1: Yeah, that's what you've seen earlier on about the, the whole kind of thing with the, the ET concept. He kind of done away with that, and can kind you of think, look, well, it's, it's kind of like what people believe at that time they see. Mm-hmm. But they could just be like, sometimes see a light and then form something about it but they didn't actually see the nuts and bolts here or yeah. whatever else. Or this thing manifests to you what what you could... It manifests something. you could make out of it. Way. Yeah, because it's like, it's interesting when you go back in the day, even with UFO sightings, for example, and you've got um your classic any saucer type um the craft to things like now, where you see, I don't know, you, you get triangles, and then you see other stuff. You know what I mean? It's yeah. it's I mean. There's, there's so much different stuff that comes out now. But I mean, it's it's mad. But when he goes on about all the historical stuff, yeah, I mean, there's, there's so much in there. And the, the thing is, as well, we we're talking about seeing these different things, right, and seeing either UFOs or seeing these creatures. And he was talking about as well, which people might think it a new concept as well, but like the actual. The spectrum of light. He's talking about that back in for the oh season. yeah. You no, know I mean the, the spectrum of light, but we we can only see x amount. The spectrum of light like we might be able to see. Aye, so he's talking about that back then. A lot of people think that's new stuff. People coming out to do. You know what I mean? It's like the, one of the best analogies that ah think of that is like you're watching a you watched a movie screen, and you watch the movie screen, and for what you see is like the movie screen, but you didn't get to see if anything else when about the outside the movie screen behind you. You know what I mean? So yeah. that's that's kind of one analogy, it, but it's Well, we, yeah, it's um, so he's talking about all that type of stuff. Like we did not see everything it's there, or we can't see everything it's there because of the spectrum of light that we can actually see and visually. So, see.
0: Question for you then: So do you think that? I know it could be a number of things, but do you think that then this the light frequency that we say sometimes, like I don't know, if, I won't say glitches the frequency changes a bit and that's why we can see these other things that I do now believe are around us all the time it's just that we can't see them
1: yeah yeah so I,
0: I, we get that little glimpse in that frequency that we're not used to having all the time
1: I've, I've got a number of any ideas I mean none of them are probably right you know what I mean but I do think that, <laughs> that these things are there right and Let's see, there's other let's say, for example, there are other creatures there or, or whatever else that yeah. they, they might not be interested in us. I mean, so you've got like you've got bees, you've got insects, and you've got ants, and that they go about their day to day business, yeah. Might not be totally interested in us at all, right? They'll oh, just go yeah. do what they need to do, right? And then you'll have other levels of intelligence all the way up to certain things who may want to prey on you right, yeah. and other things who might be well more intelligent, but you might actually just because you think there's there's things that there you can't see, doesn't you it say it's got to be more intelligent to you, there could be things out there that that may not, may not be more intelligent to you, if you yeah. know what I mean. I mean so you might just yeah. have other creatures there so I reckon there's all that kind of stuff there, but they might be able to see us, we can't see that's them what, That's my next and,
0: question, and, do you think uh, that they would be able to see us?
1: The I way think maybe there's something that probably can I think there's probably some things that can, but then you maybe have At some point, where you get the the planes or the dimensions, as people call them, I mean, might overlap at certain points, and that's how you get window areas, that's how you get things where more akin you get the Skinwalker Ranch effect, you get like places where you get flaps and and things like that. I mean, so we get UFO flaps, and it only happens because maybe it might be where we are in the solar system at that point, but it's certain be, I, I don't know, I'm making it up. Yeah. Right, but, well, some, cause, oh cause, no, with you saying that, someone, I was reading
0: something the other day, and they were saying about these solar flares, that that mm-hmm. could play a big part in it.
1: I mean, it's interesting how you get flaps happen over a certain time, so if you look at an area, for yeah. my area here, for example, um, we had a major King of flap in, it's in the 90s, Right, and it reminded me a wee bit of that—the book when I was reading. It actually, right? the the Bonnie Bridge, Falker, all that type of area. I've talked about it before. There was yeah. like within the space of probably ten years, uh, roughly, there was maybe like six, seven hundred sightings. Right, quite a lot. Right, and that yeah, ranged yeah. from nuts and bolts to lights to abduction scenarios to things, and there was other things where there was like strange people seen and all that type of stuff going on. Right, yeah, um, and it happened in a small you're maybe talking, I don't know, you're maybe talking like a 15, 20-mile radius, right? Yeah. And there was things involved in that where there was like craft, landed craft, craft yeah. off the ground, police involved, a lot of different, really, really major sightings. So that was between like, say, late 80s to late 90s, a 10-year period. When yeah. you were going back as well, back to like the late 70s, there was a number of different sightings in the late 70s. Yeah. And I just, I was thinking, I wonder what was, if there was any more room at that time, if it comes in cycles and stuff. But there's been stuff sighted up the Bathgate Hills for years. You know what I mean? If you look at it yeah. over a, a yearly period, you'll see nothing. But if you look look at it over like a 10 yearly period, you'll see quite a lot for a winning one, one kind of area. You know what I mean? And it's, I don't know, it's it's a, it's a funny one. Like,
2: yeah.
0: so I'm guessing that these
1: overlaps last year's not
0: hours are months
1: yeah and that's why you get i mean
0: that's why you've got all this stuff going on in one area for so long and then nothing Mm -hmm.
1: just just guessing but and i mean i think that's i think there was a i go back to the 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 dolores cannon books they had a description for that in one of the books and they were talking about this and it was about convergence points where overlaps for like it only happens now and again, but not a lot. And um yeah. they were talking where that's how sometimes people can go missing. Yeah. Or, or or appearances. Some people can like basically like disappear one place and then maybe turn up elsewhere. Yeah. Um there were stories like that where people would appear. there disappearances, but there were stories of appearances where people would appear certain places where they would turn up and no know who they were. And they just appeared there, they just came through somewhere, still wearing strange clothes, disappeared for maybe somewhere else, but had a bit of memory loss, or they actually disappeared from one point, and they would turn up hundreds of miles away. Just quickly, I know we're
0: going off the book a minute, but there's that guy that turned up at the airport, the guy from, oh, begins with T, someone will know. Mr um, T. No, <laughs> he's from a country, beginning with T, and he was, he turned up at an airport, he had a passport, and had all the, like same sort of passport as what we have. Yeah. And it had all these different st- stamps in it from these countries that don't exist. And he was showing them on a map where it was, and I think it was, um, it was around near Turkey somewhere, but it was called, Tur- not, I've got the word Turan in my Yeah, uh, Turid, T-U-R-I-D. Mm-hmm. That's what Joe's just bought. And, they was checking it out and they put him in a room while they went and sorted something out. These um oh they got passport control, like customs.
1: Border police.
0: Yeah. And they came back to the room and he he'd gone. There's no sign of him, no his luggage gone, everything. It's nuts. And so that, that was what like what you were saying. He just appeared at the airport and he was flying back to Turin, I think it's Turin, a Turin, sure mm-hmm. it's Turin. Um, then all of a sudden he's not there. I think that was either the 20s or the 50s.
1: Tourists, T U R I S. That's why you get, they're supposed to get like strange creatures appearing. Yeah. So you maybe get like a convergence point where it's like a, it's a convergence point and it forms a portal or something like that, but they can come through and go back or they just come through. And don't know the um, food, and eventually go back. Um yeah, but then what happens all to
0: those that come through and can't get back?
1: Don't know, maybe they're still here. Maybe that's why you've got like oh, yeah. and shit like that one about <laughs> <laughs> probably.
0: <laughs> or they've come through and thought, oh, I like it, here. I'm gonna stay. I'm gonna eat,
1: I'm gonna eat that block today. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah, There's a lot more food, <laughs> natural selection and all that.
1: Other thing he talks about as well is we all these um different sightings and stuff as well. He's yeah, always yeah. he's talking about the, the smell of the fire and brimstone, you know what I mean? he talks about oh, like the sulfur yeah. smell. So, yeah. when you see a cryptid, when you see a, a UFO or it's like in close proximity, a UAP or UFO, um, or whatever it is, a nuts and bolts craft, uh, there's always a sulfur smell. So, yeah, going back to what we're talking about. Come back to what we're talking about in regards to the convergence points or people coming through for somewhere. Is that smell from the craft or the thing, or is it actually from the place they've been?
0: Mm. Or could it be a smell from them traveling through into our dimension?
1: Yeah, maybe. Yeah.
2: I, I that's the know. thing. Is it,
1: is it like a is it like a smell from the place they've came from, and it's like a, a, a bit of air running about it? I mean, it's or something. Yeah, well, yeah, it could be because, like, maybe they're
0: the atmosphere or the air or whatever you call it where they live is different. So you've got that pungent smell, and then that's they constantly smell like that. It's like when you go into someone's house, each house has its own smell. Do you know, I'm not, I'm not, not saying dog. it's all rotten, but it's like when you, I, you,
1: Yeah, I know that, fine, I used to have cats.
0: All right. <laughs> but then, if I went to my mum's house, I'd know the smell of my mum's house.
1: Yeah.
0: Or go to my brother's, i know that smell. And I think each house has its own smell, so could it be something
1: like that? But they all, they all kind of smell the same, though. I mean, it's like, you are always that sulphur smell when it's involved with, like, a, a UFO can you land on a site and they get got the sulphur smell. A cryptid yeah, sign yeah. sometimes follows a, a sulphur smell, a demonic thing in a house. Sometimes you get a sulphur smell. Sometimes you get it with ghost encounters, and sometimes you get yeah. it with poltergeist things. You know what I mean? So all these different times, it's called like back in the day, it's called fire and brimstone. Now it's just called a sulphur or rotten egg smell. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. But all all of that thing. That's one thing that always puzzled me: is that is it is it a byproduct of the craft or the thing, or is it a byproduct of the place of came from? I mean, it's, I think
2: it's,
0: it's where they've come through. Mm-hmm. I think Must that, be. I, that's what I'd go with because if all these different types of creatures and entities have all got that same smell, it's got to be something to do with that.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, not, totally.
0: necess- not necessarily the person or object. So
1: it was so, it was John Keel that coined the, the, the name ultra terrestrial as well. So, rather than yes. call, calling them extraterrestrial. He coined the phrase ultra-terrestrial for the fact yeah, that, that uh, it was like more an entity, something you know what I mean, or it was yeah. our, our intelligence, or or whatever. That was uh, me, one of my favorite parts of the book because
0: when he was saying about the ultra-terrestrial, it's like that just that just made a lot of sense. Even though we talk about it pretty much every week, you don't remember every single conversation you have, dear. And when he was saying that, like I said before, what I've learned over the last few years. And then going back, reading a book from the 90s, which has got events from the 60s in it. Yeah. The book, even if it was written now, it'd make as much sense now as it did then, if not yeah. more.
1: I, I find that all John Keel's so books. Like gives that. me
0: a new way of thinking. Mm-hmm. Like, sorry, just going back with the ultra terrestrials, that uh, they're not always just because they look like they're a solid form doesn't mean to say they are. Yeah. But that's yeah. why they can come and go and use. These human suits, or whatever you want to call them,
1: but that's the the, the interesting thing with all that is is like there's been talking all that and out ultra terrestrials and stuff. People, some people think it's a new thing, but it's no, it's been it's been there for a while. But when he yeah. talks about all these things, like back in the day, I mean, it's it, it's mad because you can pick up any John Keel's book, and yeah. you can relate it to it. Actually, see one of the last ones I read. I mean, because they're talking about obviously the the then either Blue Book or Condon, um, inquiry or other rights, so all the different things that the, the government are doing, and people think about it, and what they're trying to do. You could pick it up and read it and think it was a now, oh, yeah, you know yeah, what yeah
0: definitely. totally, yeah.
1: You would, and it's like, yeah, and it's, yeah. there's no much difference here. I mean, so any books are like that, and they're well, can well, kind you of well right thought through? Go on, can you on another another thing I found interesting as well, where West Virginia, um, he said, all the all the parts of America were um, inhabited with Indians. Yes. Apart from West Virginia. They didn't and even the region.
0: natives wouldn't live there. Yeah. And they found, didn't they find some like stone runes with like these symbols on it and that?
1: They, they, I think it's found some type of um, like stone structure or stone like sand and stone structures and stuff yeah. like that. But none of the Indians stayed there. I mean, they avoided that. Yeah, everyone they avoided, avoided that
0: it. Yeah. And I think at one point, there's something like there's only like 300 people living there. Mm-hmm. Like when it first started getting going. But yeah. just quickly going back to the extraterrestrials, the reason he, he was saying that is because um, extraterrestrials are uh, extraterrestrial means from another planet, which means that they're a physical farm. So that's yeah. why you use the term ultra terrestrial because it can be from a different time and dimension and not necessarily be solid farm. Sorry, I just I just remembered that. You watch,
1: did you did you watch up a bit of tangent? But did you watch Helier? No. You need to watch Helier. No. <laughs> because Hellier has got <laughs> helier has got quite a lot of references to John Keel, Indrid uh, Cole, and ultra terrestrials and stuff like that. Um, right. I mean, you you would actually love Tellier. I mean, you really really would. You you'd love it. Is it I mean, a movie? Is it new? No, it's, is it, it's mi- that... no. Is it a movie? No, it's a series. Oh right, I'll put it on my list. It's like a paranormal series, but it's more like uh, um I'm really into paranormal. See, I don't watch a lot of kind of paranormal shows and stuff like that.
0: Yeah,
1: um, I watch the odd one now and again. I mean, but uh, you find that funny for on a a paranormal podcast, but I tend to yeah. watch. Loads of kind of UFO stuff and I, I read a lot of stuff or listen to a lot of audiobooks. Um yeah. but I mean and this it's kind of like an investigation um that starts in a place called Hellia and it's to do right. with uh somebody having a story about um devil worshiping and stuff like that. But it ends up going on to like um Links into a story about the kind of, uh, these kind of aliens that were seen in this cave and all that kind of stuff, and it goes into loads of different tangents. Yeah, and It's like kind of like the phenomena is leading them down this story, and ah, it's through right. doing stuff like the Estes method, we um doing like ghost boxes and the stuff like that, and things yeah, like yeah. that. Quite a lot of stuff like that, it? and it, it, it's got a lot of different um links and a hundred cold and under cold and ultra terrestrials. Um, what's his name again? Um There's another book written, um of the like euthanists. What's the name of the book? Can't remember it. Okay, oh, I'll come back to me. But anyway, watch it. You'll like it. You can, even just watch first yeah. two. Watch first two episodes, and then if you didn't yeah, like yeah, it, then you watch the rest of it. It's all on for like yeah, forty five minutes, but uh, it's like quite it. good. Yeah, um, but we're
0: looking for something new to watch anyway. we have to start- Sorry, I was just going to say, we have just started watching Under the Dome, Stephen King.
1: What's that? I've seen that.
0: Under the Dome.
1: Yeah, what is it? It,
0: it's, it? I've read the book, it's Stephen King, and there's a dome that just appears over this town. And it's a bit, it's all twisted, and no one knows where it's come from. It's like just an, like an invisible shield.
1: Ah, right, okay.
0: Yeah, but it is pretty good, so... I don't want to ruin it for anyone.
1: Actually, oh, I I'll, I'll watch it. So, so that was the whole Indian thing. I found that quite interesting. Yeah. Um, more people through it. Seeing the the moth man again. There was also a farmer had seen the. He actually seen the eyes. He seen like the red eyes of the moth man, um, and yeah. just next to a forest bit where he stayed, and his dog ran off to chase it. And he got a fright, and he kind of like went back in his house, kind of thing. And he came out in the morning, to try to look for the dog. Couldn't find the dog, but he seen the dog's footprints running in circles yeah, in the mud. Yeah, like it was and chasing. They didn't, these footprints didn't go anywhere else after that. Yeah, they
0: just stopped. Like, running in
1: circles then stopped, but they couldn't find the dog. The dog never came back. Bandit, yeah. the dog. That was the name of the dog. You know what I mean? Yeah. So, yeah. So I totally interesting. Um, try to think what else. Another thing when they were going through, which was, I think a wee bit was in the film, um, when they were at the power plant area, they went to the power plant and they were trying to, or next to the TNT power plant area, yeah. disused, but they were trying to, they were showing keel to start off with where, think like this had been seen. He went in. Oh, yeah, and,
0: he went, and then he went back on his own, didn't he?
1: Yeah, but he went in first, he went in, and then um, when he was in, one of the, the women who'd seen it before where had chased her car. Yeah um her name is Mrs Mallet or something like that. She if she's seen it she said she'd seen it in the corner. There she could see its eyes and yes. and then she got a fright and she heard they all heard outside some like metal clanging some noise metal clanging. he couldn't hear it. He was inside the building and um a few of them were at the edge of the building he couldn't hear that noise at all. And then they noticed that there was blood coming out this woman's ear. Yeah that was it yeah. as well. Um so he went back himself and he and he noticed that when he was when he was at a certain point himself, he was got he got an intense fear, right? So he got the fear factor and he got the oz factor type thing, right? So and he knew it, once he got past a certain point, it'd be fine again. So he kept going back and he could actually discern the edge of this area where he would go into and he would have this intense fear for some reason. Yeah, It's almost like it was like emitting some fear at a certain area. And he, he could work out where the area was. It wasn't a big area. He said, as like, soon as I, I walked up to this bit, I had this intense fear. I came back out of it. It was away. And I went back the next day, and he said it was away. The feeling was there. You know what I mean? I've had that feeling once before. Yeah, And um, it's mad. And I, I didn't go back and forward, back and forward. Never felt it again in that area. But... I felt it when I was younger at a certain place, yeah. and I had the same feeling um, later on at a certain place, which then turned out to be a place I interviewed a guy. And uh, it was really, I, I, and so I had a feeling just out running, I've seen, I think I've told the story before, but I did quickly go over it if nobody's heard it before in the chat, but I, had a, I was out running, and I had a, a strange feeling of this place in the forest. And it was like, I didn't want to go any further in the forest because intense fear. I was out running, wasn't looking for nothing paranormal, just out running. And uh, during the day, though, it was during the day, felt weird, though, totally weird. So I, came, I didn't go into the deep bit of forest and I, and I came back for it, went home, told my wife, and then yeah. um, 20 years later, interviewed the guy who'd seen um, some type of cryptid in the Bathgate Hills, which was in '88. He'd seen that with his family, right? Yeah. This weird silvery type creature ran really fast. Um, and it was about when I went to interview him, it was about 50 meters or 100 meters for the spot. I'd had that feeling which I find quite mad. You know what I mean? So And I never, ever knew nothing about John Keill or anything at the time um, in regards to back in the day. I just put yeah, it no. down I'll just say it was a weird feeling. You know what I mean? Mm. Um, Aye, okay, so odd.
0: So what What's your overall thought of the book or the movie?
1: I thought the movie was quite good. Um, I mean, the movie was all right. It's watchable. But I, I reckon it never done the book justice.
0: No, I think so, the movie was good because it concentrated on Point Pleasant. Yeah. I did like it for that reason. Um, but obviously with a book, it's just account after account after account. But he gets to a point where he's talking with all these contactees and they know stuff that he's literally seconds ago was just it arranged he'd arranged to meet someone over. I think he's in New York or California I he's one of the co anyway. Barker.
1: Barker. Nah, Barker. Barker that's
0: his name, that's his name. Yes. <laughs> so he'd arranged to meet up with him and then he phoned one of the women who was a contactee she went, oh yeah I know about your uh, about your meeting up with Grey he goes, I've literally just got off the phone to him like less than 45 seconds ago I yeah. spoke to you straight after. How'd you know? Oh, such a buddy told me a couple of weeks ago. Mm-hmm. I did and he goes, I didn't even know until now that this was gonna be set up. How could somebody have known weeks like days, weeks ago?
2: Mm-hmm.
0: But they sure. he he reckoned that it's something to do with all these ETs that they're all mind speak with each other and putting the yeah. thoughts in the heads and that's how all this stuff is happening so, kind of like pre-planned.
1: So the, the interesting thing with that is as well is where when to do with the contactees they were relaying, he was meeting with some of them and they were relaying some stories for entities or um mm. people who are allegedly entities or whatever and they were relaying stories to him some of them checked out as in like this is going to happen on this day and it happened. Can't remember the story, but it also there was other stuff the at, at said, St. well, the Pope John Paul's going to be killed in this day and it didn't yeah, happen so, what, right? Yeah, yeah. And there was a lot of different kind of things like that. But and, with um, that
0: one, sorry, with that one, apparently there was an attempt to kill him.
1: Ah, right, the,
0: okay. the, right. the gap, yeah, because I listened to that bit today. So there was an attempt to kill him if it was in Turkey or somewhere in the Far East. And the bodyguards managed to infiltrate him. There's some guy in a big black cloak come out with a dagger. Yeah. And for stabbing him. And they jumped him and stopped it from happening. So
1: they they said that was going to happen. And there was a a few other things that did happen. And they got
0: the wrong date, so didn't they?
1: Yeah. But the thing is as well, so when when they were, were laying something, so there was things like, Going, going, looking at other contactee stories. There was things that not know we Davy Keel, but there was other ones where looking at them in the past, where there was contactee or abductee stories where they were turning back in the day and say, right, yeah. there's going to be a landing on this day, and it's going yeah. to be here and and whatever else, and um, and it would happen, right? And yeah. it was kind of and then it kind of got to the Keel in the end these days where he kind of got fed up here because he was kind of like. We're almost getting toyed with, they kind of got a bit pissed off with them. I mean, no, yeah. the contactees, but the phenomena it was like they're just kind of toying with us because it's like they're saying we're here, this is happening, and this is going to happen then. And it didn't happen. And at the end of the book, where um, they see one of the ones they said there's was going to be a blackout on yes. uh, like the 15th at Christmas when they're turning the Christmas lights or something, yeah,
0: yeah. We're, um, we're, we're York, and
1: then they did it. And then there wasn't a blackout, but when the president was going to do it, they did it, it wasn't a blackout. But in the same news, there was a, a thing about the Silver Bridge um, collapsing.
0: Yeah, because that's what you're saying. You yeah. were saying that there's a lot. they were doing a lot of distractions. So where yeah. there's a big UFO sightings going on for like days, everyone's going over there to report it because obviously back then it was just pen and paper, wasn't it? And the old style camera. So everyone's going over there looking at that. And then all these cattle and animals and that are being taken or mutilated or whatever. Yeah, that,
1: that's the thing. So during the time as well, I forgot to mention that there was cattle mutilations. So there was yeah. cattle mutilations as well. And um, people had actually seen who was mutilating the cattle. They said there was like two guys in white coveralls. Yeah, 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 somebody came out with a gun and chased them, and they actually said they ran and they jumped over this big fence, like as in, like just like, like, a jump,
0: it. a standing jump, wasn't it? Like yeah, five, yeah, four and just cl- completely. And see, the, the funny
1: thing was, why we're white overalls could be easily seen at night and stuff like that, but see, Q was saying as well back in the day. This is '66, remember? And he's saying that the the cattle had lucky blood anywhere on the incisions yeah. and all that kind of stuff. Lucky blood in a bit animal, and the. In some cases, like the brains were missing, or yeah, the there brains, like uh, yeah, were So all the prime cuts that we want to take for an animal, when they removed. Yeah, were like left, brains brains that, weren't they? Aye. So he was relaying like, like the cattle mutilations were happening there. Other things where there was landings and fields and stuff like that, and people coming out the craft, like human, like people coming out the craft and talking to people and things like that. Loads of strange stuff. But um, what what I did think about the contactee thing as well, which related to like this day and age, is where you've got abductees this day and age or contactees this day and age, like, like yeah. Chris Bledsoe, where he had information saying there was going to be an earthquake or something. And I think that did happen. Yeah. There was also other things where, but at the same time, some of the contactees back in the day were wrong or they said the related stories they, didn't they happen. And then they basically were a laughingstock or whatever. So you've yeah. got people these days like um, John Ramirez, right, the ex-CIA guy who's on quite a lot of podcasts, and he's, he's come out and he's relayed a lot of stuff in regards to his experiences he's here, an And he's also yeah. said things like there's going to be some type of event in 2027, right? He keeps relaying yeah. to that. And there's a few other people related to that as well Um, 2027. He says, he even said one type of, type of thing, he knows in an official capacity there's something in 2027 and he's then recently come out and said there's got to be some potentially disclosure wise which is going to be maybe no fair government um yeah. at the end of this year if not 2024. so and then you've got like the Anjal- Anjali and what's her name again the, the other ladies came out as a contact Dean saying about they're going to meet aliens in this cave and all that kind of stuff right so she came out um recently and she used to work for the military um, the in America and stuff like that as well. She's come out and she's saying stuff. And people are poo-pooing her, but now John Ramirez is siding with her and saying that I wouldn't take what she's saying serious and stuff like that because, like, she is. Yeah. So he's kind of actually siding with her now and saying stuff like that. And, and you think to myself, are they now the contactees of the past and maybe they are getting stuff related to them in some capacity yeah. to pay other intelligences, but is it going to come to fruition? Is it not going to come to fruition? Because you think of these things where, in recent podcasts, where you hear things like John Ramirez saying, right, there's going to be a, an event in 2027. Chris Bledsoe yeah. has also said they're going to be an event in 2027. Yeah. Right? And what is this event? Is it a, is it a, a climatic event? Is it, is it going to be some, a, a cataclysmic event, I mean? It's going to basically cause some, or is it going to be some type of disclosure event, or is it not going to happen at all because they've been fed crap information? You yeah, know what I mean, so we will in a tangent there. Sorry,
0: yeah, well, it's all right, <laughs> we'll, we'll find out in about four years. <laughs> <laughs> it better be worth the wait, it better be something
1: good, but I so there's all that kind of stuff, you know, what I mean, but it's, it's, a, it's a mad one, you know what I mean, yeah. Um.
0: I'm just trying to remember what else he was
1: saying. So, one thing I did pick up on as well at the it was relayed in the film. So, there was a thing, there was a thing in the phone calls that people got. Right? The phone calls that people got, sometimes they get woken up during the night. And this is like some people contact these, or it was maybe somebody people had seen UFOs and stuff, or some people within like West Virginia had seen stuff, and then they get phone calls during, during the night or during the day and they pick up the phone, it was somebody saying, wake up 452 or something like that, right? Yeah. And then they'd like, and it would just be saying the same thing over and over again, right? And that was happening to a yeah. few different people. And they relayed that in the film. They relayed that in the film and it ended up, it turned out, the one of the police officers was in, was basically in the water and they, get, they pulled her out of the water and her, her badge number was like 452. Uh, whatever right. they was. And they were saying, wake up 452. So that bit was yeah. relayed in the film. But one of the interesting things, going back to the phone calls and stuff, that so this is all going on. All these, this flap's going on. You've got MIBs out there. You've got cattle mutilations going on. You've got the whole works over the space of a year. People are flocking to the area to go and see these sightings. They know what times the UFOs are going to appear. That's what oh, yeah. the prevalent yeah. it was getting. They were turning up and saying, like, half past eight, you see them coming and over On a Wednesday. And, and they were happening. But all that stuff was going on. And then... Yeah. Um, so you
0: just said about the times then because they did a check, they did it like Monday to Sunday in like three four different parts of the world. They worked how many sightings were seen in the area and what the percentage was. Yeah, and it worked out the main time was Wednesday. Is it half past eight or 10 o'clock at night? I think it's I guess was,
1: a, I guess a Wednesday between 10 and what, 3 in the morning.
0: Ah, that was it. Yeah, 10 and 3. Yeah. Yeah. So there were others, uh, other times and days, but the main one was between ten and three on a Wednesday.
1: So if you go to the a I a Watch folks So Sky Watch doing on a Wednesday do it night. Tonight. <laughs> <laughs> do it after we finished on air.
0: But yeah, it's like they worked out the percentage, and it was something like it started off at like twelve percent and was something like twenty six percent, and then the overall was like ninety nine point nine percent average. You
1: see that through. You see that through some of their Kiel's books where he's looking at the data. And he's, yes. and he's looking at things like that, I mean, it's, which is quite interesting.
0: Yeah. But another thing as well, i just had a quick look in the book. He was saying that when he got certain messages from these beings, he knew that they'd been talking to different contactees because he'd have a certain, he'd say something specific to each contactee. And then if it came back to him from these ETs, he knew which one they'd been talking to. mm mm-hmm. It's just the little things like that. That was so his had, way of knowing what
1: was going on and keeping track of everything. So, you also had people getting threatened and stuff as well. So, people were getting like threats put through the door saying, like, Did he talk about what you've seen? Keel's phones were tapped. Yeah. So, his phones were tapped. His stuff, his, his, his house used to get raided all the time. Stuff would go missing. Um, but his phones were tapped. He actually found stuff on his phones and all that. And he actually contacted the company and they said, I think your phone's tapped. Yeah, and they say, well who's been tapping this, we don't know who it is, but it's yeah. like we know because they're dropping voltage in your line, that means like yeah, usually it's somebody's tapping your phone. So yeah, because like who's watching him, but it, obviously it's probably the government, and that you yeah. gotta like, try to find out what's going on or try to kind of get in on it.
0: Because he, he asked a woman um from the phone company, he got her to repeat it, recorded it, and he asked the first one to put it in writing and she refused. But the second time when they came out to the junction box. And it clearly been seen that someone had cut through the the cable to his house. He he lived in an apartment block. It's a complex. So I think there's like two, three hundred people living in this building.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: And the engineer said, for them to find your line, it would be someone who would have to work for a telecommunications company.
2: Yeah. And
0: it'd t- pretty much take them all day to find out which one was yours. It's not just you can't go in and snip one, and if you yeah, do, it's exactly. like million to one chance. Wires. Yeah, yeah, yeah. million to one chance of it happening. And he managed to get that one in writing. Yeah, yeah but then he that, he yeah. was saying like when he was doing interviews and that, because he he said like it got to the point where he was flying around America, or they was coming to him to do all these different interviews. Every time, or when he was uh, doing an interview over the phone. Every recording he couldn't use because when the he was talking, there's all static over on top of them, and you could all they could hear was him asking the questions, and it's just static and white noise and all that over the top of
1: him, so they couldn't you're, use any of it. You're seeing that and now as your voice is starting to go garbled because <laughs> it's like it's starting to break up a bit. <laughs> I was gonna say
0: his mind started doing it, yeah. Um, he, he was saying, like, you know, he goes, there's so much time. The money wasted.
1: Yeah, uh yeah, all that to everything. So you had that stuff going on, and you had phony UFO investigators going about the place as well, asking yeah. questions. You had people kidnapping on them were trying to give people inheritance asking questions. You had somebody going around all the people at, at Kiel would have been going to before, like maybe witnesses and stuff like that. People Kiel was quite clever at what he did because when he when he recorded um Witness testimony, yeah. he didn't just outwardly put it out there. He'd, he'd keep his stuff for like a year or so before he'd even put like some things out yeah. because it means that he didn't want copycats telling stuff, and he didn't want people um maybe copying what he'd done or yeah, copying no, actually the sightings and say, "Oh, I've seen that. It was this." So he would kind of hold information to make sure he would get the right information of people, or even simple things as well. When he was interviewing family members, he'd spot them up. And he would yeah. ask he'd interview them separately and stuff like that. But you had all that going on, fake UFO investigators. You even had somebody going round, going round to his contacts, saying it was it was his secretary, and he was going round and she, yeah. uh, this lady yeah. was going round and taking information, said, "Oh, I'm John Keel's secretary," because she'd said that and get she'd get in the door. And um, but the funny thing is, he says she went to like some of the doors that I'd never relayed any information about, and I would kept yeah. quite private. And he, she knew where yeah, I went. And
0: he'd not shared any of it. No. And he knew
1: who he'd been to.
0: But do you remember the one where he'd gone to this farm? It's like this farm that's miles away from anywhere. And he's going down there, and the guy pops out. And he's got a shotgun pointing at him. He goes, Get away from here. And um, your yeah. mate said to watch out for the bloke who's going to turn up with a, with a beard. He's a bit, yeah. a bit crazy. And yeah.
1: then he
0: goes back a couple of days later with that woman. He sits in the car, then they come back laughing. And he said he got a phone call from his mate. To say that this guy's going to come round asking you questions, he rang his mate, and yeah. he'd been out in the field, and he had to get his missus to get him to phone him back. He was not made any phone calls to you. Yeah, and someone so these ph- these yeah, someone had phoned this farmer guy pretending to be this other guy's mate.
1: Yeah, so then he trust this weirdo's going to come to your, yeah. your door, and then I, he, so he, he didn't, didn't even
0: know that he was going to this farm. He just picked a random farm that
1: night. Yeah, and so that that happened with now. that. So it, that happened with that. And also things that happened, with, he turned up when he was re-interviewing or doing stuff, he'd go back to the houses and the phones would constantly ring. It had, yeah. it, it, the phone would never ring all week. And then yeah. he would turn up at this house and the phone would just ring solid when he was there. And he'd, and pick, then it all, he'd pick up nothing. and it would beep or something like that, and they'd there or it would be beeping or whatever. Or as soon
0: as he left. And then go to he'd another go to house him.
1: and the same would happen again. He'd go to another house, yeah. and the same would happen again. Totally nuts. Totally nuts. Yeah. It was like it was toy someone was toying with him um yeah. but I, I it's just a, it's actually when you look at all the all the activities here you're pretty jealous that I means you'd probably like to be amongst that they actually see some of it and go and interview some people
0: oh yeah you
1: know what i mean there's that much activity going on you know what i mean it's it's unbelievable um is he just there's so much to
0: remember from the book i'm so i'm just gonna have a quick look on one of the pages
1: now one thing he did say about the cattle mutilation he said, What what are they actually doing and why are they mutilating the cattle? Are they doing it as some transmorgification <laughs> spirit word to it, for they actually transform it into something? Are they using the blood or something like that? Or are they are they creating a spectacle somewhere, as you said, so they can do this clandestinely to, to yeah. use the blood for something? You know what I mean, because there's never any blood in these animals and they're all taking no. certain parts of the animals. Um it's like specific it, it, organs, it. isn't it? Yeah. Yeah,
0: But totally. there's another thing Sorry, I was just going to say there's One of the women, like ETs uh, Had met up with somebody else There's just too many names to remember So sorry oh, about this no, And uh, he said They said about um, uh, Do you have any AU? And this one's like I don't even know what you're talking about And obviously the um, Element code for gold Is AU, isn't it? Mm-hmm and that's what, the, what it was. And it goes back to thousands of years ago where uh, we the, the things were put on earth to mine all this gold. So is it back to going for the gold again?
2: Mm-hmm.
0: Is that what they're searching for? Is that why they keep coming? See, cool. that that's what that had me thinking.
1: Interesting though. I mean, it's like the, the thing we come back to the books of the Canon, Cannon. That's a lot. of It goes back to pre-civilization before us and mining and stuff like that. Know what I mean? And um, got of mad stuff going on. You know what I mean? But I mean, there's, there's loads in it. I mean, it's it's a massive. Yeah. Book. And even though we've talked right through quite a lot of it, it's still worth getting and reading. Oh yeah, definitely. Well, <laughs> it- it. it's like nine and a half hours long. <laughs> Tell me about it.
0: I had to have a break from listening to it.
2: Yeah, that other project sounds
0: bad, but it's it's good though because I get to do it in work because of my job. Yeah. So I just put it on on the phone through the van and just listen to it. Well, I, I go out it early. I go early
1: in the morning with the dog, and I listen to like podcasts or books and stuff like that, and I do it yeah. at night as well. Um, and uh, as I was saying to you, usually if I'm never doing stuff like that, so. I'll listen to it and I'll take notes with, just with the phone, my like phone But you're walking by people. Yeah. Weirdo with the UFO. <laughs> <laughs> what? The? <laughs> yeah.
0: Oh, that. Oh, you reminded me. That was another thing. The they was at, uh, an army base or something. John Keel, and he'd met up with all these, all like these top-ranking officers and that, and his radio went off. I can't. Oh, I can't remember what was said on the radio. But he goes, the most weird thing about it was well, there's two. The firstly, like, you wouldn't get anything coming through from another base. It, yeah. it, they're all on their own channels and stations. Secondly, his radio wasn't even turned on. Mm-hmm. And you uh, you needed a key to switch it on because obviously. It military. Right. Yeah. So it wasn't just one like what you get off Amazon for like 20 quid. It was a.
2: <laughs> a
1: proper proper radio. Yeah, yeah, yeah.
0: So it, mm. it is key start radio, or whatever you call it. So yeah. he said he's getting this information coming through on that, which was it was impossible to happen.
1: But I mean that's the thing though, with, with all that stuff going on, and that was when he decided that there's no deal with ETs because it was like with, with that case, he seen it was not just the Mothman, but the Mothman was like there. You had poltergeists, yeah. you had landings, you had these strange visitors in the area, yeah. you had strange lights in the sky, you had orbs, you had spheres, strange craft. I mean, like there was one lady had seen like a, a massive sphere with like legs. Oh yeah, you know, oh, and, oh, a, oh, and, a, and a propeller a underneath it. Like it. You know what I mean, things yeah. and it shot up and disappeared. And then the next day she seen a man standing in the same area with like some type of meter thing, and yeah, just loads of weird stuff. Loads and do you think that could be like some sort of screen mask? Um, probably. I mean, that, that like some kind of screen memory, because you get, going back into other Keel's books, when you look at Keel's books, and he goes back talking about um, some of the, what we talked about earlier on with the airships and stuff, it's almost yeah. like a phenomena trying to pull us along in technology. It's like So, before there was airships, people seen airships in the sky, yeah. and, a, and a guy came down with a rope and with an anchor, and with some kind of like sailor suit on, and then um, attached it to a church or something like that, and then they had to kind of get it off and then climb back up the rope and away. There was like there was like yeah. stories like that before airships even existed. There yeah. was stories like in the first or second world war of these um, planes that would just constantly be hovering about in the clouds, and like planes couldn't do that for the fact that and they could hear the noise in them and stuff. The planes couldn't do that for that amount of time. And there was like just there was always like these stories where it was like some technology just a wee bit away for us.
0: Yeah. Well, that's another thing that you said. Um, the the clothing that these people things were wearing, it was either out of date or hadn't come in up that the fashion hadn't for that hadn't started yet. It was never old fashioned or
1: fashion that hadn't started yet, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah.
0: So and the way you saying that about the aircraft, He said that the um there's a group of four people that was on a hill and they watched this um this object with lights, it went behind a cloud and then waiting for it to come out, and then it was a normal plane that had come out the other side. But it took about 10 seconds for this plane to come out, and surely they would have seen it before it had gone behind the cloud. Yeah, but then this UFO-type object didn't come out the other side. So a UFO went in and a plane came out. It's like a really good magic trick, isn't it?
1: <laughs> yeah, that's like a screen memory as well. It's kind of like yeah. these kind of things. Because like, that's the thing as well where you had um, like you get helicopter sightings. You yeah. get helicopter sightings and people, it's almost like sometimes Black Helicopter sightings are one of two things. like one of Attached to the military, and but another yeah. time it's like people see like a UFO. Then it's like a helicopter or things like that, or it's like a screen memory, yeah. type thing.
0: Well, I think the one I—I'm had, I'm not going to go on about it because everyone's sick of it. But the one I had was a screen memory, because I know for a fact. The more I think about it, the more stuff I remember. It didn't make any noise, and it was flying in between my house where I lived. In it was just a shore.
1: was just a creature, or was that a?
0: No, this was, it was not long after I had my first UFO encounter. And then it was just there doing all this manoeuvring between the the house. What I'm going to do, I'm going to go on Google Maps. I'm going to get mm. a picture of the, the street where I grew up and a picture of the back garden. Mm. And then you say, there's a help, explain, like with the helicopter doing all these manoeuvres. And you'll clearly see that it's not possible without crashing yeah. into one of the houses. Yeah, yeah. So
1: it's just what weirdest thing I think that's ever happened to me. What One of the things that I'd mentioned, I uh, only spoke about this, right? And it was like, the, I know we're going off the tangent, but it was um same type of thing. And I, I actually went back and asked one of the guys recently about it and he, and he remembered what it was and I, I remembered it as well. And yeah, we were, at, we were at school, right? We were at school, we, were in the, we must have been like, I reckon I was like primary five or primary six, which would yeah. have probably put me about 10, 9, nine 10, something like that. Yeah. Um, probably about 9. And so I stayed next to the school, no too far away from you, in a high party of my town. And I could always remember, um, we've seen this, like, old World War II plane, right? Right. And it was extremely low. I mean, like, I mean, extremely low. To the point where it just missed You can imagine the school was here, right? Yeah. You had a main road, which was just like a, a kind of normal of B road type thing. And then you had a row of houses, right? And it, we were at the top of a kind of plateau, right? Top of this like yeah. hill, right in the town. It's quite it was called but our state was called Mount Pleasant, but it was like that it was called that's... the Academy Street, right? So I was for state stayed Mount Pleasant, that's what it was called, <laughs> right? So um so kind of to do with the book. Right? Yeah. <laughs> so, this, this aircraft, right, which was an old type World War II plane, right. Yeah. And um it, it literally you could see the pilot and all that, right. Yeah. It was that low and it just missed the roof of the house.
2: Oh. Right?
1: And the house is a two story. This one was a two story old older type house. So it was a wee bit higher, so it wasn't. It was maybe just a slightly higher than your kind of average kind of. Um, Council house kind of thing. I mean, yeah, so yeah, yeah. Story, probably a wee bit higher than that type of roof it was, and it just missed that roof. Literally, just yeah, right. It. I just missed that, and I always kind of, I could always remember wanting to go see if it crashed or not, right? And yeah. over for that, there was my street where I stayed, and past my street was, um, it was all mossland and like moorland right. and mossland and like trees and heather and stuff like that, right? And uh, I kind of thought like. I can't remember if I went and seen it or not, yeah. and um, I'd kind of, I'd, I, it was like I could you the story, but I've never told anybody that. I mean, I just kind of thought it was like a, a strange, kind of old plane that I seen, and that was it. Yeah. But I asked him. I asked him. I said, I, it was recently I seen him on Facebook. I contacted him. I said, have you? Can you remember that? And he's like, aye. He goes, I was telling my daughter about it. Yeah. Um, the other like, day, we see. It's funny. I said, well, what, what happened? I goes, can you remember going to look for it? I, said, I can remember us going to look for it, but I don't know what happened after that. But I can imagine if we went to look for that thing, we yeah. were in school at that point. So I can imagine we'd have got in trouble or whatever else if we went away at school to look for this thing. But I can't remember anything. This there's been, I was I was telling somebody else's story uh, more recent and, and they were saying there were sightings of like like ghost planes and stuff like that. Yeah. Um because in that vicinity, further up, there was some World War II German bombers crashed and stuff like that and things uh, like that right, and, okay. like, and, and died during the war, trying to bomb the docks in Leith and yeah. then crashed in the Pentland Hills. And some people in a place just about five, six, seven miles away had seen the same, had seen like some type of world war two plane. And I could remember what it looked like. And I could remember yeah. roughly where, and I looked into what had crashed and stuff like that, and I kind of thought it does look like that. and I don't just screen memory the owner, but I'm what like that. I'm sure it's like that. I'm sure that's a plane yeah. I see. And but although I was like 10 at the time, and I sent the, the picture to him, I was like, I drink it, as this, and he's like, ah, Aye, that's it. Yeah. Just mad. mad I, can't remember, been... I can't remember if I went and looked for it or no, or whatever yeah. else. I can't remember nothing else after that, which is annoying. Yeah, you could have missing time, you know. I know. You yeah. could be an or anything. No wonder I'm crap at maths. <laughs>
0: <laughs> <laughs> you spell- Spent all your maths lessons on a different planet.
1: That's it. I eh? just like, are we, are we <laughs> looking for a crashed, a crashed um, world war two plane? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Do you reckon we should do part two of this? Maybe no, for maybe no, for this book. I think we are done with this book
0: because <laughs> we could do some on the movie. Or we could do another, we could do another book. <sighs> Can we do a movie? It's easier.
1: <laughs> like, do, do a, we'll do a movie. That's what we'll do. Do a movie, <laughs> yeah.
0: Oh, well, we've got um, Skinwalker Season 4.
1: Aye, that's coming on, aye, that's right. Aye. Yeah,
0: so that's we could gonna do that, because we're going to be doing this, you said, every six weeks, didn't we? Yeah,
1: yeah. yeah totally. Well, I'll tell you what, I've, well, I've got a couple of books here, but they're not as big as that. I've got one that's five and a half hours. Well, that'll that's do. Quite, that's I can do powerful. that in a day. Aye, that's not a bad one, so I'll ping you a few messages for that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And that one. Yeah,
0: um, but I think we've... With the Mothman, I think the title is a bit misleading.
1: Yeah, yeah.
0: Um, Because it's not Mothman prophecies until the very last bit of the last chapter.
2: Yeah,
1: and that
0: that I don't there's know. I think, prophe- I
1: think- there's so many prophecies in it, and there's no there's you got the Mothman. But I think it's it should be called an Over Kenny Wilman phenomenon kind of thing. You know what I mean? It's yeah. like. Um, to be honest with you I'm li- I am was
0: listening to it and today and ended up phoning Joe and I said I don't even think I'm listening to the right book I don't re- a lot of the stuff in it I don't remember reading before Yeah. so I had about I think I had about 40 minutes left when I got in so I stuck my earbuds in got the book and when I got to the next chapter I right, opened the book on that chapter and yeah it was right it yeah. just didn't seem the right one. I thought, I've not spent nine hours listening to the wrong book. If I have it, <laughs> I don't know what we're going to be. <laughs> just going to have to wing it. But, yeah, it's it, the title is very misleading, I think. Mm. Like I said, the film is better titled that because they concentrate on Point Pleasant. Yeah. So that, that, that does make a big, big difference to it. Well, I've read other stuff um, about Point Pleasant as well. And there's a lot more, with the Mothman sightings, there's an old there's an old bridge on, like, on an old train line or something. You know, you've got the little wooden bridges going over the rivers. Yeah. And there's a lot of Mothman sightings around that area. And then bridge, there's only a little, like, I'm talking 20 foot in length. And then that bridge collapsed. And all this other stuff went on but none of that is mentioned in the book. Mm-hmm. So, I don't know.
1: Because it's a good book. Could, it is a good book. We could date on Hellier.
0: Yes, give me a chance to watch it.
1: Watch it. Date a bit on Hellier. You, you'll like yeah. it. I mean, you'll all like it. I might watch it again. Um, yeah. It's not too bad. Um, just noticed, like, the, so other things as well, um, where I can have picked up on things like electrical faults, Cars yep. breaking down, cars stopping, cameras no working. All that kind of stuff was happening back in the 60s as well as, as happening now. still happening now. Yeah. Uh, obviously oh, the Wednesday phenomenon which we talked about. Yeah, there's one other thing. They were saying
0: about these flying objects, because they said there's more like flying cars and spacecraft. Yeah, yeah. And they said they were they was flying just above the tree line. You know, how any of them didn't crash into anything was beyond them. because they were flying so low and so close to everything. It just didn't nothing made any sense. That's pretty much the gist of the book is not none of it made any sense.
1: No totally. I mean
0: it was just
1: so I mean random stuff
0: thrown together.
1: Other things other things as well um mentioned about his tap phone, you know what I mean? So you hang it that um, yeah, did he
0: find like a, a matchstick?
1: That was in somebody else's phone. Because oh yeah, because he, he, he looked to see somebody else's phone had been tapped, and he pulled yeah. it apart and, and he undid like, it. He found like a matchstick in it with some like graphite. He, he didn't on know what it was. It's actually like some type of cigarette explosion thing in a joke shop. Yeah, because
0: he he said he did like um, he'd buy magician tricks yeah. and all that. He used to do a bit of all that kind of stuff. And he said he's seen a packet of them, and they're like it's what you put in his cigarette, yeah. So when you light it, it, it blows up. Yeah, and why would it, I mean, he? Said,
1: I mean, he doesn't know how it was inside a phone,
0: yeah. A and fever. no one, even when he spoke to the engineers, he asked them about it. When we have no idea how that would ever have got in there,
1: yeah. And that was Unless one it, of the phones that he thought was tapped, uh, they was one of the other like uh, witnesses, yeah. But that was the thing, there was a good. Uh, there's a good thing in there The UFOlogists like getting harassed and stuff or some things, it was like one of them I spoke to who was just basically turned in and said, I'm, I'm out at it, it anymore, I'm just uh, um, yeah. I'll give you all my stuff I'm, I'm sick of it, you know what I mean and that's, sometimes I mean it's easy to get like that in this sometimes because it's, I mean the rabbit hole's big enough, you can't go down it you did not come back out and it's, yeah. it's uh, I mean there's so much to it you know I think
0: I mean? the only way to get out of the rabbit hole, like you just said, is to stop doing everything.
1: Aye, stop reading, stop reading, yeah. stop looking at stuff. But but then you're looking at things like these days where you think to yourself right? you can come out it and stop doing it and stop looking at stuff and stop reading stuff. But then you think to yourself, well, you're looking these. You've got guys like Gary Nolan, who's a neuroscientist and yeah. a Harvard professor or whatever. I mean, works at um, Stanford or whatever, right? And you think to yourself he's coming out and saying stuff like he's the way he's mm-hmm. talking it's like he knows stuff right he's saying 100 they exist yep. right he's saying that he's also saying stuff where he relays he, he stuff and he talks about things where um about what if we're what if we're farmed what if we this what for that yeah and i mean and he's talking about things where the yeah, idea has been put out with things like um, Robert Monroe and stuff like that as well, with, with things that he learned the astral travelling about why we're here and all that. And, I mean, it's like, it's just mad that they come out with stuff like that. you got Louisa talking about stuff about us dating back to, like, 70,000 years ago and stuff like that and things like that and, like, putting things like that out of the bag. And I'm like, where he's getting this for? They've got you know, to be getting it from somewhere. It's not just guesswork, is it? Yes, no. I mean, uh, the only thing with the 70,000 years thing, I mean, he, he said that he talked about civilization and, um, well, manipulation starting for something like 70,000 years ago. He said it in one of the podcasts, it was like one of the kind of off the cuff comments, it was about DNA. Yeah. It was about DNA and about basically maybe information encoded in DNA and going back 70,000 years. And 70,000 years is a hanging number a good number for the fact that going back to that date there was a, a bottleneck a um evolution no evolution but mainly about us evolving there was like a lot of yep. catastrophes and that and stuff like that and then civilization was end up at a bottleneck and that's kind of where it, it kicked in again and there was seventy thousand years uh, and right. I don't know how they can get that. They've gone back that date. I mean, we can only find relics back to about like seven thousand years later, alone like gone back that far. <laughs> yeah. So um, I don't know how they can pull things out of the bag. But they all the people like Luisa you've got people like um Gary Nolan, yeah, they're like the the working groups that were set up years ago, after yeah. they know they're talking about their stuff and they know oh, yeah, definitely. you know what I mean? And they're be bits and bobs. I'm kind of get fed up eating them again, listening to them because it's like they're away so much, and it's like you never get anything though. No, you never get anything. It's always like, well, can that like we tip bits, but then it's like breadcrumbs. You know what I mean? But
0: yeah, they
1: breadcrumbs like he's a loaf. You know what <laughs> I mean? He's he's a baker. Yeah, Do What like, you big want? Big <laughs> and you, and you get and you also get us like John Ramirez and stuff, and he talks a lot of sense, and he talks yeah. about experiences and. Well spoken guy and well knowledgeable guy, and knows a lot about the, the the radar information and all that kind of stuff. And he, and he alludes to like some type of events that are going to kick in in four years' time or something. I mean, like, what um, do know? you know? What I mean, yep, right. Well,
0: we're at the two hour mark, Chris. Um, suppose if anyone's got any questions, you can put it in the comments on YouTube and we can answer them that way. But I think the best suggestion was be read the book or listen so to the
1: book. So at the end, the bridge collapsed. <laughs> yeah, the Very bridge collapsed at the end. Forty-six people dead, and yeah. that there was related to some type of disaster that was going to happen. within West Virginia. Yeah, actually thought it was going to be the chemical plant that ended up at the yeah. bridge. Yeah. So
0: yeah, so we've not spoiled it because there's tons and tons, of, tons of stuff not stuff even in there.
1: covered. Nine and a half hours of stuff, and it's really, really good. We've been into UFOs and stuff. I mean, it's like you would literally, like the first time I listened to it, I listened to it in a really, really short space of time. Yeah. Um, because it's like, there's that much in it, and it's quite good. Yeah.
0: Yeah, definitely. Right. Well, thank you again for coming on, Chris. Well, thanks for having us. Pleasure, as always. Um, so we'll do the next one six weeks today. Is that all right?
1: Yeah, yeah,
0: It will cool. be... Oh, I've actually I'll send you a few ideas.
1: I'll send you a few ideas.
0: Yeah, so that will be... Sorry. Um, 12th of July. Cool. On the same day of the Battle of Bine. 12th
1: of July, all right, okay. Yeah.
0: Yeah. yeah. Right, oh, so that's that. So, yeah, we'll do um, Helia. Yeah? Cool. Yeah. I've got six weeks to watch it and remember it.
1: Yeah. That's, you'll <laughs> like it. It's, yeah. Good.
0: it's yeah, good. Yeah. No, I'll, love I'll it. give me a
1: chance to watch it again. It's quite good. Yeah. It's the guy's name. Um, I'm not to talk the guy who's in it. I can't remember his name. It's, it's the New Cucks. I don't know if you know them at all, the New Cucks.
0: No. Um, I'll probably know him when I see him. Yeah. But, I'm crap with names,
1: kind of many faces. That's it, right? Yeah, um, you, sorry, go on. You'll like it because it's fully like synchronicities and um stuff like art, uh, right? It's, yeah, all about, yeah. it's all about magic, magic, yeah. the phenomena, um, and weird stuff. You know what I mean, it is pretty good. Like, I mean, that's why I started watching the Penny Royale and stuff. I've kind of seen it, it was in fact uh, something that was the It It's good, yep, yeah, good. cool. Right, just before I go,
0: um on Friday I've got Glenn Richardson coming on from NEPS and Bufon, B U F O N. So he's gonna be talking about them too. That's at the normal time of eight o'clock. Um before we do go, Chris, is there anything you want to add? Um no, really not. I'm
2: fine.
1: Thanks tonight. Thanks for having me again. Um pleasure. I enjoy doing these. Ah, good. I mean, so, yeah. if you fancy listening to the Scottish Paranormal podcast, he's a listen. Yeah. I mean, so you um, Find, find yeah. me on yep. um, YouTube, Facebook, um, yeah. or the podcast.
0: Jones, Joe's been putting all your links up anyway, so ah, cool. people go in the chat, it will all be on there. But, yeah. No, thank you again. I'm going to end it now because, like I said, we've gone over the two hours and I need to download everything and send you the links. Uh, cool. Send you a copy of it so you can upload on your podcast as well. Yeah. So thanks again. Thanks everyone on YouTube for watching. Thank you everyone on the both podcasts that are going to be listening. I will see you on Friday. Chris, well, you'll hear Chris when you listen to his podcast. And you'll see him again in six weeks. So have a great rest of the day, evening, night, whatever it is you're going to be doing. And I will see you in a couple of days. Take care and goodbye. Take care, folks. Thank you.